French fried potatoes. One more. potato, two potatoes, three potatoes, 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 potatoes more. Five potatoes, six potatoes, seven potatoes more. One potato, two potatoes, three potatoes more. Five potatoes, six potatoes, seven potatoes more. Potatoes. Welcome to the Potato League Podcast with your hosts, Dan and Tom. All right, we got we got uh, uh, right into it today. Thank you, TJ. Damn, that's um, quick. Yeah, yeah. Like usually, Dan wow. and I, Dan and I, will usually sit here for thirty to forty-five minutes before we start recording. Um, I'm super organized, though. This is Ooh, I I know, just the just saying out. to Dan, uh, New Year, New Me, uh, where I have an actual, uh, I guess what they would call in the biz a show doc, oh, uh, which is my notepad that has some things oh. on it. Um, yeah, we, we actually have I, an order this week. The video monster guy, Nate, he like sends out a lengthy like detail. show doc. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, sure. <laughs> I'll follow along. All yeah, right. uh, more organized podcasts are, are more likely to have more organized uh, podcasts. Yeah. Um. So what we're going to do? Uh, we have three main things today. One, uh, first of all, we'll go over. Uh, I picked. I just said to Dan, you have no agency here. I have already <laughs> done the choosing for you. Uh, picked five that I watched this week and five that he watched this week to kind of go over. And then obviously, if there's other ones that you yeah. watched, because I think there was there was one other thing that you watched this week that I maybe what was the last thing you watched? What was the horror thing? movie? Yeah, the horror movie last night. Because I'm always curious to hear about uh, about horror movies. And shit, I saw a yeah, horror last, movie. And last night's was interesting. Worth talking about. Yeah. And I saw one on a list last night. Shit, maybe it was the most recent Flick Connection video. Have you watched that? It was He just dropped it last night, I think. Um, had a horror movie in it that I was going to ask if you had seen... Shit, that might even, it might even be worth pausing when, once we get talking about stuff like that so I can look up exactly which movie it was. Um, so we'll do that. We'll do uh, our best of 21. Dan has several categories. I uh, and he, For long-time listeners, it's my usual category. Yeah. There's nothing unusual. There, um, and uh, last night Dan texted me and asked, uh, you know, assuming that I would make some sort of, you know, top Korean list. I had to make two. I made one that is, because we talked, I talked last week about how um, all Korean movies are not created equal. There's kind of Bong and Park and then there's everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sad and that's, that is. And that's not really, that's not a slight really, because there's some great, there's some really good directors. There's guys yeah. that I watched five movies of this year that are great. They're just not making the same yeah. quality and type of it's like we tell you know the, Paul Thomas Anderson. The Russo brothers are great. Yeah, but they are. But not they're not Paul Thomas Anderson. They're, and that, that's there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, they're not making the same movies. Uh, so Bong and Park are on their own, and then there's kind of everyone else. So I made a I made a top ten list of just those two because mm-hmm. what between them they probably have fifteen or so features. Maybe how many does Park have? Eight <sighs> nine. Uh, well, we, we, Ruff, roughly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's pretty easy to make a top. Just you're basically just uh, I basically just ranked their their movies um, as I have seen them. That might be worth pausing to check out too. But uh, so we'll go through that uh, Dan's list, and then uh, I have made goals for next year. Uh, they are 
easily reachable because you never want to set your goals too high. Yeah. But you also, uh, I have a lot of wiggle room in mine um, where I could certainly go way over these numbers if if I so choose. Um, you want to start with the uh, the ones we watched this week? Yeah, sure. You want me to throw one at you that we yeah. both that we both saw uh, is the Alpinist. I talked yeah. about it when I watched it what, maybe two weeks ago or three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Actually, that might have been the lost episode. Yeah, could have been that I talked about the Alpinist. So this will be all new for anyone listening. Um, the Alpinist was la- I've said it now like three times in the last minute. It feels <laughs> weird. Um, it was a Netflix original, right? Yes. Uh, and last twenty twenty one. Um, about we had both watched uh, the mountain climbing movies a couple of years ago. Free Solo, which is terrific. I mean, yeah. that's that's really really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's definitely. It's still. I'm I'm sure it still holds up. I believe the Disney Plus. It's on Disney Plus, oh, nice. and it's in 4K on Disney Plus, Ooh. and it's also one of the. Uh, I kind of want to see that in 4K. Yeah, it's also one of the. Um, Oh, what do they call it? Uh, enhanced for enhanced by IMAX. I don't know what that means at home, <laughs> but it's one like Endgame Stack is six TVs together. And, uh, I have uh, no yeah. idea what that even means for a home viewer. But it's on Dis- like on Disney Plus. There are certain ones that are uh, Endgame, obviously, and stuff like that. I, I again don't even know what that means for a home viewer. But if you have the capability, I don't know. Maybe it just means that the whole there's no. There's no uh, aspect bars. It's taking up the entire screen, and you're still seeing it all. I don't fucking yeah. know. Who, I don't understand how that shit works. I've kind of been into that this morning, though, because my, uh, I don't call it a birthday present. My birthday purchase this mm-hmm. year, I think, is going to be a 4K monitor down here. Um, because now that the PS5 is upstairs, uh, Dad is going to steal the, uh-huh. the uh, uh, PS4 Pro so that I can watch stuff in 4K down here. Uh, so I have been kind of into that this morning. I think I have picked out the one that I'm going to get. I'm not going crazy money or anything, but no. uh, you can get some really good ones, though. Yeah, I mean, if you want to get, it's, it's. I have found that they they just don't make 32 inch. There's very very few, and they're expensive. 32 inch 4K TVs because it's not going to be optimal, right? Yeah. Once you get a screen that small, the 4K kind of stops meaning anything. Yeah. Um, pixels don't get smaller. Right. Uh, <laughs> but for where I am, like where I'm sitting, it's it's basically a computer monitor because I'm never moving. I'm always in the same spot when I'm watching down here. So it's kind of like watching at a desk. Um, and, of course, there are gaming advantages. Then games look better yeah. and sharper and all that stuff. So um, it should, like, and, and that makes sense uh, with everything, like right now, the best viewing experience in our house is actually Robin and I's bedroom mm-hmm. because it is a smaller TV. It's a 43 inch, but because it's smaller, it's sharper. Yeah. It's a better picture than the one in the living room. I mean, obviously, it's cooler to watch it in the living room on the bigger screen. Yeah. Um, so, by that rationale, I should have the best viewing experience, best picture in the house uh, with a 32 inch 4K, but we'll see. Uh, I'll probably order it today, maybe have it in the middle of the week. I don't care that my birthday's at the end of the month. No. Again, it's not a birthday present, Dan. Plus it's a birthday sh- purchase. Plus there's shipping times. Right. It's not going to be here until, like, the yeah, middle yeah, of next week yeah, as I look yeah. at my December 2021 calendar. <laughs> you know, it'll be there then. Um, so the Alpinist. Yeah. How am I doing staying on track? Long way of getting there, but we got there. Is it's like you took a circuitous route to the precipice. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to pause while people look those words up. <laughs> uh... <clears throat> 
so Free Solo was about just that. It was he's the most the Alex Honnold is probably the most famous climber in the world. If you've heard yeah. of a climber, mm-hmm. he's the one you've heard of. Um, he is the one in Free Solo. He's not the subject of the Don Wall. It's actually kind of his not really mentor, but the guy that was really good doing it before him, yeah. Tommy something or other. Um, and that's about free soloing is uh, just that. You climb, you know, you yeah. rock climb, you climb up the face of a mountain uh, with nothing. No ropes. No, no ropes, hooks, no, no hooks, nothing. Yeah. nothing. So you're not, there's nothing pulling your gear up. There's nothing, there's no safety whatsoever. If you make one mistake, you are, you're dead. I mean, that's... Which freaked me the fuck out at the beginning of The Alpinist. That, when it, that one guy falls. Yeah. And you don't realize he's wearing a shoot because it's like really small. Yeah. And I'm like, holy fuck, what are we yeah. watching? Did you give me a snuff climbing film? <laughs> <laughs> yes, because Dan gets all his rock climbing movie recommendations from me. Yes. I don't know if you guys know this. Oh, except for the one that I saw as a preview in front of Licorice Pizza. Uh, was it the... Uh, La something or other. Oh, yeah. La Frenchy French. Uh, there is another one on Netflix called 14 Peaks that I think uh, I'm going to check out, too. Oh, this one actually opens at uh, Railroad Square Cinema next weekend. Really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, so those are just about uh, basically climbing up the face of a mountain with no... With the no, hands and feet. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Alpinist takes it to an insane level. Oh, which is funny because it has Alec or whatever his name Alec is. Alec Honnold is in, yes. Yeah. Constantly talking about this dude's insane. Yeah. Like, and he's, he's, and Alex Honnold's crazy. Yeah. Um, so when he's looking at someone going, I don't know what the fuck he's even trying to do. The, the thing that is attractive or appealing about these movies to me, and I'm sure that's, that's the appeal anyway, um, is one, they're gorgeous. Because, oh, yeah. I mean, the locales and the, 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 the views and yeah, the camera work are spectacular. And then the other half of these types of documentaries is who the fuck are the people that are that do yeah. this? And it's fascinating because Alex Honnold, they're like, aren't you scared? And he's like, well, sure. Yeah. Well, doesn't that make you not want to do it? No. Mm. Okay. Yeah, he like, looks... Like, the, the shots with, with him climbing, he just looks so fucking calm. Yeah, and you it's have to be. You have to how be. how calm he is. So, this guy in the Alpinists, the, the, what, they, what, what they do, what Alpinists do, Alpine climbers, is they climb ice, rock, they just go Snow, up. Snow, yeah. Yeah, they... And, and there's also, there's, there's ice climbing, and there's, like, snow climbing, and then there's rock climbing. He did stuff that was all three. Yeah. Like where well, you would he's go from rock. His fucking shoes on like the side of a rock wall. Yeah. The guy's name is Marc Andre Leclerc. Is that I name? always called him Mark Paul Gossler. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I believe uh, you are right. French dude. Um, French Canadian. French Canadian. Um, and Which started out. from the western side of Canada. I didn't yeah. know they had French Canadians in like BC. Oh, I guess I didn't really think of that either because that's like all vancouver area yeah you're used to them all being over by montreal right yeah so. we'll have i guess that shows our ignorance of uh Canada? french canadians yeah uh it's yeah pretty, it's I pretty pretty big ignorance <laughs> i didn't think they were much further west than yeah. montreal-ish uh but anyway um he is very much french canadian yeah uh and started very very young um like 15, 16 years old, like yeah, doing going off like, on his own. Yeah, going off on his, yeah. Um, 
obviously people that climb start very young, but like he was, like you said, he's off doing his shit. Yeah, by himself, because he was very like young. homeschooled for a lot of his yeah. life, and then like he graduated at sixteen, and then he just took off. And yeah, he just started mountain climbing. He was one of those kids who was very bright, but you couldn't like. And I'm sure uh, anyone who works in a school knows yeah. these kids. The ones that you know, he's not a bad kid, but yeah. he cannot keep it together in school because yeah. you know he's they like, are not meant for desks, <laughs> right? Like he's you know destroying shit and lighting firecrackers and doing dumb, dangerous stunts at school and <laughs> filming them and stuff. And, like, you know, like he's not a bad kid, and he's certainly not dumb. He's no yeah. dummy. Um, but he's bored. But he just, you just can't keep a kid like that in yeah. school. There just doesn't, you know, we public education does the best that it can to to uh, cater to as large of the population. And, and I know the public school uh, system takes a beating, but you... We don't have the funds to do twenty-five right. different one-on-one right. people. If we and could, we're a small school. if we could, we would. Yeah, <laughs> but because we could, it's easily, just not possible. I could, I could easily name twenty kids right now in just the middle school who would oh, benefit yeah. from one-on-one instruction. Yep, that and is, would thrive that is out of the board, off yeah. the board, you know. But again, we don't have that. And we're, not, we're a school of one eighty-eight. It's just not you know? possible, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he. Like you said, he he homeschooled and graduated at sixteen or seventeen, and then he was just kind of yeah didn't didn't really have a job, and he that was a part that fascinated me because it didn't surprise me at all when they're like, oh, he's living in a back stairwell. Yeah, like that makes sense. Yeah, he either for for most of the movie he is either living in a stairway, like an like if you're picturing a uh, you know picture of you know any college apartment house that you have ever walked into, and there's always that kind of inside stairway that goes up. To the second floor. Yeah. He lived at the base of that. Yeah. Lived. Like yeah. he had a little bed area, had pictures on the wall and shit. Yeah. And people would... Because I've, I've had apartments like that. Yeah, where it's like, a, I had a back stairwell that no one ever used. Where usually yeah. you just stored your bottles and garbage. Sure. Type of thing. And in this example, Mark Andrew LeClaire. In this, in this place, a climber. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he was perfectly happy with that. And then, and then for most of the movie, though, he lives in a tent in the woods with his girlfriend. Yeah. And they're happy as hell to be doing it. Yeah. Um, it seemed, it never really talked about it, but it seemed, because the question, the, the pragmatic uh, 45-year-old is like, how is this guy getting by? How does he eat? Um, later on, he is uh, sponsored. All these guys are sponsored. And, yeah. and basically the sponsorship is just wear our stuff when you do these crazy shit, these crazy yeah. shit you do. Use our um, phones to... Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean... he wasn't I'm, terribly good with phones. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure that... Um, Especially early on, the sponsorship was not huge, but it was probably enough to live. Yeah, and you I know, mean, and like very like, meagerly. And yeah, he seems like the type of guy you meet that follows around fucking like a fish. Yeah, right. You know, where he's living on fucking peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, yeah. and I mean, and really, the only things that he needs to be like, I bet his biggest expenses would be his because I mean, he's, he had really nice gear, like yeah. his stuff was top of the line stuff. But it was all free because yeah. <laughs> it was all given to him. I'm sure, uh, obviously. Um, and the 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 movie is really more about him and what an odd character he is, and like kind of one in a kind, one of a kind person. Yeah, because I, I specifically loved the time when we we talked about it before, where like he just disappeared. Yeah, for six months, and the people were like, "Where the fuck were you? We were supposed to film you," and he's just like. Wouldn't be the same if you were there, right? You know, he, I he, wanted I wanted to climb this mountain. It's 
only a solo if I'm there by myself. It's right. different if I'm being watched. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. I get that. Yeah, because like the the ones that are obviously the ones that are filming are not doing it the same way he is. Yeah. They're roped and yeah. taking every precaution, and they helicopter where they can, and they're obviously getting a ton of drone ton of his drone footage. Uh, to areas where you can't even safely rope climb. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like part of it is like where if a helicopter was there, you're probably going to cause an avalanche. Yeah, that's right. That's, yeah, that's another thing. You can only get so close in a helicopter. Uh, and, uh, you know, pre-positioned cameras, but some of the places he was going, no one had been. So, yeah. like, you couldn't even do that. I know, that was a part. another part, too, that was just fucking crazy, where he's like, you know, with, um, you know, so the solo guy, he would plan yeah. his fucking route. What did they but, call that? Did they just call it on-site climbing? Is that what they yeah, called it in the movie? They, you know, he would take it. He would take his time. He'd mark, chalk mark stuff. I'm like, yeah. okay, I gotta go here. And this guy's just like, I have no idea how I'm gonna climb this mountain until I show right. up, and then I just start. Right. And it's like, fuck, that's insane. Yeah. And it's like at one point where he broke, you know, Alex's record for something. Yeah. Didn't even realize it. Yeah. Like wasn't wasn't trying to break the speed record. Just did it. Right. <laughs> that one uh, was uh, the different. The only difference there was like that one was a, a well established. He yeah. took the same route that most people take. Yeah, but the fact that uh, he wasn't he, did it. he wasn't trying to break yeah. a record. He was just seeing if he could do it. Yeah, and just happened to be the fastest person ever on the planet to do so. And then Alex came back like a week later and <laughs> obliterated it because because he, he was trying. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's this guy. Uh, I mean, I guess spoilers for The Alpinist. Um, when I first described it to you, uh, and you you were like, oh, this guy is, this guy isn't going to make it to 30. Yeah. Um, spoilers, he does not. No. Uh, and let me tell you, Andrea's pissed at me about this. Really? Because she gets incredibly anxious watching these films. Like, oh, and she, you assured she, her that she, everything would oh, be fine? Oh, oh no. No, I don't do that. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> That's silliness. But, like, she gets anxious just watching them. Yeah. So when I told her about this one, she's like, I'm not going to watch that. I'm like, yeah. okay, fine. So I just started watching it in the living room. So, of course, she came in, yep. sat down, watched it, about, started watching about a half an hour before that happened, and then she just looked at me, she's like, you motherfucker. Yeah. Like, he's dead. I'm yeah. like, I didn't know. I swear I didn't know. Yeah. Um, Robin yeah. watched it much the same way. She joined in pretty quickly, but, uh, yeah. Uh, he goes, and the, the shitty thing is, is it's not even a solo thing. He's yeah. off there with a buddy, and, and they were roping. They were and, being safe, and it, they just they got caught in an avalanche. Uh, and and they were on their way down. Yeah, and the, oh, the part that's crazy is like you only saw like what looked like maybe a foot of the rope. Yeah, that you could see. Right, that was it. Yeah, and they're like, no, he's dead. Yeah. And there's and there's no way to get to him. Yeah, because there was also a storm, so they couldn't even go out for like five days to try right. to find him. Right. And I love that, like, oh, well, she was on a boat in Madagascar. I'm like, oh, fucking, of course she was. His, yeah. His girlfriend, his girlfriend was off on her own because she climbs too. Yeah. Um, and does her own little adventure things, but yeah, she didn't accompany him on this. And, and it's like heartbreaking at the end because she climbed. It's the it ends with her. I don't remember if it's the last scene, but her climbing in Alaska, not far away from where he died, and like. She just looks over across this fucking huge, gorgeous view, and she points to the peak. She's like, "You're right over there," which yeah. just like freaked me out because it's so yeah. it's so weird that it he's finds, just like one of his ropes. That yeah. she's like, "I'm pretty sure this was the rope a rope he was using." And yeah, it's like, oh man, you're killing me here. Like it's just it's so weird to me that he's just like he's there and he's he's, prob- he's there forever and he's 
this is a little Whoa. morbid, but he's perfectly pr- preserved because oh, he's yeah. just frozen. Yeah. Which yeah. weirds hey, me out. Come on, global warming. <laughs> he's going to find that guy. He's going to be like Encino Man or something. <laughs> he's going to come back out and come back down the... Yeah. Uh, so we've been 20 minutes and only talked about one movie. We're not doing very well. Yeah. Uh, other ones that you... The ones that you watch that I have not seen that I want to hear about, uh, and you pick any order and how much you want to talk about them, Riders of Justice, No Sudden Move, Power of the Dog, and Pig. Okay, we'll just go in order. Okay. Uh, Riders of Justice is fucking amazing. And this is Mads Mikkelsen, Mads Mikkelsen. and a bunch of yeah, it's, other people uh, you don't I know. I can't remember the, na- the name of the guy. It's... Apparently, this is like the fifth film this him and this director have made together. Yeah, and they always use the same three co-stars. Because they've been making movies together for like twenty years, um, none of which rang a bell. But uh, a couple of them are available for viewing. I'm going to watch more of these. What you think? Because the, the story is very unique. Um, Mads Mikkelsen plays like a military personnel guy who. Is supposed to come home on a certain day, but can't make it. So his wife has to take his daughter to school. The family car won't start, and the daughter's bike has been stolen. So they have to take the, the train. And they're on the train with a guy who was about to testify in a mob trial type thing. Like, biker gang, the Riders of Justice. He was, a like, one of the presidents of the Riders of Justice, biker gang. And an accident happens, and the, tra- the train has an accident. And you learn that it hit something that... Is unusual, but not super unusual. And everyone's just like, this is just a terribly unfortunate accident. Well, these two, like, math nerds, like, statistician guys, I basically, it's fucking, you know, um, the best way to probably describe it is if you take uh, Liam Neeson from Taken and teaming, team him up with the, with the lone gunman from X-Files. Because <laughs> they're just like a nerdy group, but they're all really good at these very specific, like, like math probability. Yep. Um... They're all, like, really big tech nerds, that type of thing. And this mathematician is determined that because he goes back and, like, determines that, you know, well, this guy, this guy that was testifying, he had OCD. He always, like, used the second treadmill at the gym. Yeah. He always ordered the same food, blah, blah, blah. He always sat on this one seat on the train. He's even gotten, like, arrested numerous times for beating people up who would not give him that seat on the train. So if everyone knew he was on that seat on the train, it would be very easy to create an accident that takes out that car. Right. So it was always second second row, second seat, second car. And he's like, you know, so he goes to Mads Mikkelsen, whose wife died in the accident, the, the child. Did not. And that's the other thing. He was on the train himself, and he gave up his seat at the last moment to the wife, who then died like seconds fucking later. So he goes to Mads Mikkelsen, and he's like, this, this wasn't an accident. Right. But... The police will not believe me, so Mads Mikkelsen just starts taking out the, the gang. Some shit happens that I don't want to go into because it's it's spoiled. I don't want to go into spoiler territory. But it goes way beyond a typical vengeance film. It goes into whole, you know, what cause you know, like butterfly effect type math shit. Nice. As well as Mad Mikkelsen is just fucking badass in it. Um, but it's really more about like the power of forgiveness and redemption than anything else. Which you do not expect from this type of film. Terrible title, but yeah, it. When I watched the trail, when I I watched the trailer, maybe the the day you watched it. Um, did you watch it yesterday? Was it yesterday? Did you watch it or two days ago? I guess it doesn't matter. I can't. Whenever it was, one of the two. Um, time is meaningless now. Uh, I 
I had watched the trailer, and then like almost immediately I saw you had watched it, um, and I thought the same thing that like the because they do mention in the trailer what Riders of Justice is. Yeah. But why is that the title of the movie? It They're, makes it sound like a fucking western more than anything else. Yeah, and when you when you make a movie about uh, obviously a kind of team of people doing something, yeah. usually you that's it, usually named after the protagonist. Yeah, not the antagonist. Like, it's <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, I, I thought the same thing. Um, the, I mean, it's the first time I'm, I'm kind of thinking it out further. But it, it is. It's odd to name to to title it that. But uh, anyway. But yeah, it, it made me realize I've got quite a few gaps in my Mads Mikkelsen. Me too. So, uh, March Madsness. <laughs> so I'll, I'm going to watch a bunch of Mads Mikkelsen films in March. Yeah, uh, I, I noticed the same thing because I was going to watch, because I was looking at that Top 250 narrative, uh, and I was going to watch The Hunt, because that's the available hunt, somewhere. Uh, another round. Yeah. Um, I still have, I've still never seen the Nicholas Winding Refn Pusher trilogy, which he's in two of. The right. Part. He's in the first two. Um, and then, yeah, all of these films with this fucking guy. Yeah. I was like, I've never heard of this guy. And Mads Mikkelsen is such a weird character actor. Because, like, he's in fucking big budget shit. Yeah. He's in Doctor Strange. You yeah. know, he's in, he was, a, he played Hannibal Lecter for three years. Right. He's a well-known actor, and there are so many films of his, I have no idea what they are. He's in Star Wars, for Christ's sake. Yeah, he's in Star Wars. So he, 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 he is the reason for one of the biggest things in, in Star Wars history. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What's next? No sudden move. No uh, sudden move. Okay. I'll ask you. I'm asking about that because on its face, it seems right up my alley. And then I saw so-so reviews. Um, no, it's still up your alley. Okay. It's it's a film noir. Yeah. Where you know, and it's fun just to watch fucking Don Cheadle and Benicio del Toro team up for an entire film. But it's one of those movies where. These two fucking down on their luck crooks. One like recently out of prison, the other is fucking banging the boss's wife. Let me ask you something before we, we get further in. Do you think when people now are watching noir and don't like it, it's because they don't know what they're looking at? I think so. I think And I don't mean to sound douchey, but no, you, do you know but what I like, mean? You can't watch one of these films expecting a happy ending. And, and or you also or the twists and the turns and yeah, and you can't watch it. Look, they they have very specific conventions. Yeah, and this and, film hits them all. And when and and some of them are dumb. Yeah, and some of them are kind of over the top. I guess I, I don't know how yeah. to put it. Um, but there are certain things you you. That's what you've bought the ticket for. Yeah. There's going to be a femme fatale. Yes. Whether or not she makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah. She's going to be there. I'm going to get into all this because I watched the noir there's gonna this be, week. Yes, you did. <laughs> uh, there's going to be crime bosses. Right. You know, but, and that's what this film is. Two guys who are down on their luck trying to take their shot at scoring big. And A, nothing is going to go according to plan. The plan is going to change multiple fucking times. And don't expect a happy ending for fucking anybody in the film. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> nobody comes out of this movie unscathed. Right. Except for the one person who was a surprise in the film. I did not know he was in the film, so I won't give that away. Okay. But it's, you know, it's basically telling you, you know what? The rich and powerful are always going to fucking win because they're the rich and powerful. Right. I mean, there's this one scene he's like, what are you, you know, you're taking me for like, what, 300 grand? I'll make that by tomorrow. Right. You know, this is nothing to me. This is your biggest life fucking score. 
for me. Yeah, this is this is the this biggest is, moment of your life, yeah, and it's for me. It's Tuesday. Yeah, and for me, this is nothing. I'll have made this money back by tomorrow. Um, but it is also based in fact because it's around the big four, um, keeping pollution records from the public for yep. like ten years through collusion, and then eventually getting found out. So th- it, this takes place in Detroit. So it, it deals a lot with the with like the history of the catalytic converter. And the unwillingness to put them into vehicles. Which always makes for fascinating cinema. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what there are not enough movies made about? Catalytic converters. Catalytic converters. But it works. It makes sense. I, I, and it's Soderbergh. So you yep. know it's going to be filmed well. Yep. It looks gorgeous. The I mean, the acting is fucking top notch. All the way across the board. You've got Brendan Fraser... You've, it's not usually the first name you hear after no. the acting is top notch. But, but but you know you've got Ray Liotta, you've got Don Cheadle, you've got you know Benicio del Toro. It's uh, David Harbour's in it. It's it's a great cast. It works really well. Ah, uh, fucking Kieran Culkin is in it. He's great. You gotta love the Culkins. Well, you don't. But yes, you do. <laughs> people that people are really into Succession. Like, I, I know, one of these days I'll have to start watching it. I kind of, it's gotten to the point, though, that I don't even fucking want to watch it now because everyone thinks it's so great. <laughs> Isn't that awful? But yeah. really, like, people are obsessed with it. Oh, yeah, because if we'd been watching it from the start, we'd be like... Oh, yeah, we'd we, talk we, about we, it. We've watched it since the beginning. Yeah, we'd talk about it every week. Fuck you, Lightcomers. Uh, the, the, and it might just be a product of... That's who I follow a lot, especially this time of year. Uh, there's a weird crossover of... Uh, football analytics Twitter mm. and Succession. They all, all the football math nerds mm-hmm. love Succession. Yeah, makes sense. They're also all really into NFTs, <laughs> which I still do not get. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't understand it either. So I get a fucking picture and a fucking token. What? I and and no matter how many little things I read about, or no how many, no matter how many little explanations that. Are reasonable explanations. It's still, but why though? Yeah, I I understand everything that you're saying. Yeah, it always why? sounds to me like this is just a way for rich people to get richer and to be able to funnel their money without taxes. Yeah, kind of. That's all this seems like it's, to me. It's it's just another way for the rich to avoid paying taxes. Like, yeah, it's a. It looks like a fucking uh, uh, character from an indie game on yeah. PS3. Like, okay, cool. I mean, yeah. That's great. I don't know why it's worth a thousand dollars. I mean, because Some, someone artificially says it yeah, is. Yeah, because somebody says it is. Yeah, it's it, so I mean, bizarre. It's, it's, I, I read some woman on Twitter. Yeah, that's a great cartoon ape like, you've got there. She's like, if you ever want to piss off a guy, just tell him that NFTs are essential. Oh, just go, oh, like Beanie Babies. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, they will rant for 20 minutes and then just go, like Beanie Babies. It, it, I mean, but at it, least Beanie Babies, you had a fucking Beanie Baby in your hand. Well, yeah, because this is essentially, uh, you own a picture of the Beanie Baby. Yeah. You own the only one. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just bizarre to me. Okay, yeah. next. Uh, Power of the Dog. I have put off watching this. Okay. Be- Power of the Dog and Pig, we're going to put off talking. Okay. Because they're both in my top ten of the year. Okay. Okay. Uh, we'll go over to mine. I, this is one that we've both seen, that we both watched now. I finished watching The Green Knight. I think I had started it when mm-hmm. we talked about it before. Did we talk about that last week or on last Lost episode? I'm also going to want to put off talking about this one. Okay, cool. Because this is also a top ten. No, that's film. fine. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife? Haven't seen it yet. I had a blast. 
that's what I've heard. I've heard that people are like, if you just quit being a douche about it, it's yes. actually a very fun movie. It is. <clears throat> it's easy to compare. It's it's interesting that there's a trio of these that have all come out recently, uh, and I'm talking about ones that are driven a lot on nostalgia, which would be um, No Way Home, mm -hmm. Matrix, Resurrections, and this. Um, No Way Home is, I, I think, the better movie. This does this does closer to what The Matrix was doing, but does it well. Yeah. Um, and what I would, even though it's easy to make the comparison between those those three, because it's all you know properties that you mm -hmm. love that they're going to bring you back. Although Spider Man has never really gone anywhere, no. uh, but it is drawing on nostalgia from earlier Spider Man stuff. Um, this is actually closest to, for me, the feeling I had watching Force Awakens. Ah. Yes, I get it. Mm -hmm. It's a rehash of everything <clears throat> we've done. It's kind of the same story with different people, a younger generation. That's what this is. Yeah. But it is, but it's, I, that's the best comparison I, I can make. If you were on board for Force Awakens, which I very much mm -hmm. was, and again, completely understanding everything that it is and that it is not original and all that stuff. Um, that's what Ghostbusters Afterlife is. Well, you can tell that the people making it really cared about it. I mean, it's such a double-edged sword because if they stray too far from what everybody loved about the original Ghostbusters, yeah. then they'll say, oh, you didn't get Ghostbusters because this, no, this is nothing like Ghostbusters. Right. There is no winning ground for these especially with those arguments when it comes to these nostalgia-type pieces. Right. It's either too close to the original or too far away. It's like there is no... The overlapping Venn diagram is like a sliver where these people would be fucking happy. See, now, I, and I felt with the 2016 one that that was just, this is Ghostbusters, but with girls. Yeah. And there was like... No, there wasn't... There, there was barely a script. They... I know, it's if, funny because uh, it's not getting included in the upcoming box set, the Ghostbuster box set, and like people are flipping out. I'm like, but it's not part of the same story. No. You you literally have Bill Murray playing a completely different character. Yeah. So you can't watch those four films in order. Correct. Because people would be like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> Why is Venkman this guy? Yeah, so it's uh, like, I get that it's, it's not about because it was a girl film. It was because it doesn't fit in to this trilogy. So, well, therefore, you can include it in the box set. Rob and I were talking about it uh, after, because she had seen this. She had been to, because she took Colin and his friends to uh, go specials in the theaters about a month, uh, last month. And so I was just watching, because it just came out on video, so I was watching it for the first time uh, the other night, and we were talking about it, and, like, the, how what a missed opportunity 2016 was... And it, it just seems like they were like, all right, we got these four really talented comedians. Mm -hmm. Just start doing stuff and we'll record you and yep. pick out the best of it. And there are points in that movie that you, Melissa McCarthy is just, she's got nothing. Look, mm -hmm. you can almost, you can almost tell the second the scene ends, she's like, what the fuck do you want me to do? Yeah. What do you want me to do? Yeah. I am just over here bitching, being a dick to service people about wontons. Like, what am I doing? Why does this gag keep coming back? Like, that was a really strange, repetitive gag. Oh my god. So, and, but that, that epitomized the whole, and, and like, you can't have all four of them be the, there has to be 
more of a Spengler. Yeah. You know, there has to be a Winston that's like, you guys are fucking crazy. You can't all yeah. be Bill Murray. Yeah, because, I mean, they tried to get a Winston. But she's one of the funniest of the fucking yes. group. And is doing the same gags. It, it's just, it's that that movie's rough. But I, I don't want to spend too much time on that one. Uh, Afterlife is, is you know, obviously, I'll wait till you see it. Uh, before yeah, we, it comes we out go. not this week, but next week on physical media. So. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you can stream rent it right now, maybe. Yeah, but, yeah uh, it's like 20 bucks. <laughs> so I'm like, why would I stream rent it or purchase it for the same price? Yeah. If I was going to go digital, come on. Uh, but I was, I wouldn't say, um, I guess I will say pleasantly surprised, because I think I was going into it thinking, this will probably be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I... I had a blast with it, and uh, I'll. I mean, it's the type of thing that I I will definitely watch again. It will. Mm-hmm. It won't be, you know, like appointment. We're gonna watch this every year on this day type thing. But um, that's a definite rewatch. I, I'm as happy with that as I was with uh, Free Guy. I think. Nice. And I was pleasantly surprised by Free Guy. Um. Totally changing gears. <laughs> Uh, I finally watched Double Indemnity, I love that which movie. is the uh, if you're not into this sort of thing, it's it's the film noir yeah. from 1944. Um, Fred McMurtry and Barbara Stanwyck, who went on, they were in four or five other movies together. Yeah, um, and it's so weird to think of because like so many people think of Fred McMurray from uh, from fucking Flubber. Yeah. You know, that type of shit. Like, yeah, he did some Disney shit in the 60s. Yeah, yeah, so you think of it, and it's like, no, he was, you know, he's not, because what, what am I, I'm almost through it now, I'm watching a Crime Wave, because I saw you watch Noir, I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. watching Noir tonight, but I didn't stay up long enough, but I was watching a Crime Wave with um, Sterling Hayden, Yeah, which most people only recognize as, like, the police officer from The Godfather. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, it's so it's fun watching him in this. Um... That has playing a police officer, but still, (laughs) and and this is one of the this is an an example of uh, something you just got to be on board for. These people meet twice Mm -hmm. for less than five minutes each time, fall in love and decide to commit a murder together. Yep, with after spending about ten minutes together. On top of that, (laughs) I said because Robin came. This is another one. Robin came in on half, uh, probably thirty minutes in. Um, I should break it down first, uh, because there's, it's really not, it's, that's the other thing. These stories are, are always very simple. Simple, sim- they're simple stories, but sometimes the twists. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, twists the basic. The start going like, what is going, uh, a lot of people, that was a lot of the complaints with, um, no good move. No sudden move. No sudden move. Yeah. Is after a while you're like, I'm not even sure what the twist is right now. <laughs> because Yeah. Like, seven things happen in a row, and you're just like, oh, I need to think about this for a minute. But yeah, Double, double Indemnity is a, it's a, yeah, it's a simple story, but it's still... Walter is a uh, uh, an insurance salesman who really likes lighting matches with his thumb. Yeah. Um, you could tell, like... Which I've tried <laughs> once and gave myself one hell of a blister. <laughs> uh, you can tell it was like... Uh, Going in, he's like, he's talking to the director of pre-production. He's like, look, I'm really good at this. Yeah. I want to do it at least a dozen times in this movie. (laughs) And he does. Um, So he's an insurance salesman. He goes over to this uh, customer's house to renew the auto policy. 
customer's not there, but his wife is. Mm-hmm. And that's Barbara Stanwyck. Uh, Walt does not waste any time. He immediately starts hitting on her. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just picturing how this is as a salesman. If this is how he is, every house he goes into, oh, your husband's not here? Want to bang? <laughs> like... <Yeah. laughs> He is, he's like, Walt, kind of like I said to Robin, because I had to kind of catch her up to where we were, uh, I said, Walt came in, you know, guns blazing, yeah. you know, right through the door, he's ready to go. Um, while we're talking, I think I can bring it up pretty quickly, because I had to, I had to go back, if you've seen this movie, there is a back and forth between them the first time they meet. Oh, yeah. That's, that is and ins- that's one of the other hallmarks of, it's like, insane. film noir, is the rat-a-tat dialogue. It's insane. Uh... <laughs> So, uh, sorry, I'm going to bumble for a minute while I find this. Uh, so he starts, to, I don't remember which one of them brings it up, but they start talking about how the husband should also uh, maybe have accident insurance just in case anything were to happen to him. Um, so Walt gets the, uh, she brings it up, that's what it is. Walt gets the idea that she is... Uh, uh, maybe looking to bump her husband off. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he's a look lady. I'm not into this sort of thing. He fucking is. He is. Like oh, yeah. five. He's, Unless he's, you really want to do it. He's over it like five minutes later. Um, oh, shit. Where? How would I even find this stuff? I got to pause because I can't even think straight. Stand by. All right, we're going to pick up uh, right near the end of their first meeting. Now, keep in mind, these people have known each other. Five minutes. Yeah, I mean, you're only about twelve minutes into the film. At this yes. Point. Uh, yeah, I'm at the yeah eleven fifty one mark <laughs> is where this little back and forth starts. It lasts about a minute. Why don't you drop by tomorrow evening around eight thirty? He'll be in then. Who? My husband. You were anxious to talk to him, weren't you? Yeah, I was, but uh, I'm sort of getting over the idea, if you know what I mean. There's a speed limit in this state, Mister Neff. Forty-five miles an hour. How fast was I going, officer? I'd say around 90. Suppose you get down off your motorcycle and give me a ticket. Suppose I let you off with a warning this time. Suppose it doesn't take. Suppose I have to whack you over the knuckles. Suppose I bust out crying and put my head in your shoulder. Suppose you try putting it on my husband's shoulder. That tears it. Eight thirty tomorrow evening, then. That's what I suggested. You'll be here, too? I guess so. I usually am. Same chair, same perfume, same anklet. I wonder if I know what you mean. I wonder if you wonder. (laughs) (laughs) All that was missing was him calling her a dame. Oh, Walt. Um, One of the the top reviews on Letterboxd is just drink every time he says babe. Or baby. Because he says baby about a thousand times. Uh, so I clearly I did that with Robin the rest of the night. She was not a fan because uh, it does get old, but it's funny. Um, yeah, so uh, they come up with the, the double indemnity is uh, he gets the they they buy the insurance on the husband, uh, and it doubles if it's an it has a double indemnity clause where it doubles if it's an accidental death like I don't know falling off the back of a train, mm-hmm. which is what befits this guy. Uh, the the my favorite, one of my, well, that's my favorite scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. Another one of my favorite scenes in the movie is uh, the air quote sex scene. Uh, the <laughs> next, the second time they meet, uh, they share the awkward 40s kiss. And, 
And then it just cuts to, they're sitting on the couch, legs crossed away from each other, obviously. Uh, and then it cuts back, and now they're on opposite ends of the couch, still both fully dressed, uh, and he's smoking. So that means <laughs> yeah, something happened. Uh, just terrific stuff. <laughs> um, there's not really much to spoil because you you have already said what is going to happen yeah. when you just described what these things are. Does not work out for anyone. Yeah. Uh, everyone either everyone dies. Yeah. In these films, people either die, end up on the run, end up in jail. Right. Like ending up on the run is like the best case scenario for most film noirs. And really, is Walter di- does he die? Do we actually see him die, or he's j- or the cops are on the way? I, think I don't he might remember. Die. I, I don't remember s- seeing him die. I don't know. It's been twenty years since I've yeah. seen this film. Uh, it's been like two days, and I don't remember. <laughs> but the point is, it does not well for, end well for any of them because it ends up, you know, she tries to uh, kill him, and then he kills her. That whole thing was just really poorly executed on her part because mm-hmm. uh, she had him. She could have just shot him again, yeah. uh, but she did not. He took the gun away from her, and, and then. And then uh, she is suddenly, like, into him again. I don't know. It was pretty manly how he did that. It was very, it was very manly. Uh, but if you were in the mood for uh, what you just heard, yeah, it doesn't get much better. No, it does not. Uh, I then, it's not a big jump to Fargo from there, really. No, no. Um, I did not it do is, that on purpose. Fargo is a modern-day noir. Uh, I didn't do it on purpose. Uh, it just kind of happened that way. But... Uh, Robin could only remember kind of half seeing it, you know, probably 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it had probably been 20 years since I had seen it. Um, I bought it a couple weeks ago on one of the Voodoo 4K sales. It was five bucks. Uh, it's so. 4K? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because um, I still have my, my DVD. Oof. Like, because I keep waiting for, like, a really good Blu-ray or 4K edition to come out. And I think it just came out on 4K. Yeah. Recently. It was the f- it was a five dollar four K, which is pretty rare. That's fucking awesome. Uh, even for digital, so uh, yeah, I bought it a couple weeks ago and we watched it uh, a couple nights ago. And I obviously I had seen it. I had uh, funny story about this one is before I ever saw the movie, uh, I don't even think it was out for rent. Um, I used to uh, I was a DJ at WMF mm-hmm. when I was in college uh, around uh, you know the year that this came out. And if you ever worked at a college radio station, you get some weird shit sent to you. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that, and you could pick, and there was thousands of these, and it was all, like, stuff you've never heard of. But there was also these just weird little things, and one of them was, and I don't even know what it would have been sent out for, but it was an official, it was official, you know, it had the, the cover art and all that stuff. It was funny quips and lines from Fargo. Hmm. Um, there was like, there was a whole you betcha montage. There was, and they're all like little, like one or two minute things. And some of them are even shorter. They're just little, like little one liners that Marge says and stuff. Fargo has not been released on 4k yet for, for disc. I would buy it digital. I was thinking of the Blu-ray that came out because shout select recently did a Blu-ray, which is a, Best Buy for only like 10 bucks, so I might have to get that. But still, why isn't that a 4K fucking film yet? That's wild. That. Yeah. Um, that's, that is really odd. Mm. It must be in the works. Right? I, would, I would certainly I mean, hope so. It's, they've done it. It's, yeah, it's fucking Fargo. 
if you haven't seen Fargo, you know, stop what you're doing and see Fargo. Um, that is, I'm yeah, even though Apple, Amazon, and fucking even YouTube and Vudu and Redbox all have it on. Fu- no, Redbox is only HD, but the other ones are all like stream it for 4K. Yeah. Um, it's the type of movie that I mean, even though I had seen it and I was familiar with it, um, but it had been you know 15 or 20 years since I'd seen it. I'm kind of upset that it's not something I watch all the time. That's a movie that for. Around when that came out, I watched it fucking endlessly. Yeah. It was like one of my VHS box tapes. Yeah. Know? It was, I didn't have many. That was one of them. And I watched it over and over again. It's the sort of thing I'm like, why did, Why is this not part of my semi-regular <laughs> rewatch type? Because, you know, there's yeah. a couple dozen movies that I you know, watch it at least every couple of years, yeah. you know. Um, and it, it, that has to be one of them. It's, yeah, I still haven't even watched it since I started doing my big 90s rewatch. I don't know why. Yeah. Probably because I was um, waiting to upgrade it from my DVD. Five-star movie. Yeah. Awesome, also, uh, awesome one of the best promotional items ever when it came out on VHS. You could buy the special edition, and it came with a snow globe. Oh. And the snow globe was the wood chipper. <laughs> and half the snow was red. <laughs> it was. And there was a little leg stick, sticking out of the wood chipper and a little... Uh, I'm forgetting his name now, but not Steve Buscemi's character, because obviously Peter he was Stormare. the leg. Yeah, Peter Stormare's character was that little, little Peter Stormare. It was cheap material, though, so I know, like, my, like, my friend Gibran had one, and within, yeah. like, a year, it was, like, yellow. Oh, you yeah. Because it was, like, cheap plastic. Yeah. Um, but still, great promotional item to get someone to buy a VHS. Uh, so, the watching Fargo, part of it was that uh, you know, after she, Robin saw it on the voodoo that I bought it, she was, you know, because she didn't feel like she, she knew, you know, like she was familiar with it, but she didn't feel like she ever like really watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, so she'd been wanting to watch it for a little bit. Uh, and we finally got around to it the other night. That was part of it. It also kind of leans into uh, one of my 2022 goals, which is to, uh, it kind of, a lot of my goals overlap. And mm-hmm. I'll get to those when we get there. But this one uh, covers a couple things, which is, Rewatching a great movie that I know I really like that I want on the record that mm-hmm. I've watched it recently. Because uh, as I said last week, I deleted everything off my uh, letterbox that I haven't watched, that I don't have a diary entry yeah. for. So if I haven't watched it since 2019, it doesn't count for me yet. Um, I was still marked them. And it was actually, I think I might have said this, it was your, <laughs> you kind of gave me permission to do it when you said, if it's been like... 10, 20 years, and you don't really remember much about something, yeah. even though you know you've seen it, count it as a new watch. This I did not. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's kind of a judgment call each time. There are a couple that I have marked that I know I have seen that I am marked that I'm definitely going to call a first watch yeah. uh, when I do. But Fargo covers a lot of those bases because another one of my uh, goals that I'll get into more detail about is uh, filling in gaps and re-watching, like... Mm-hmm. A bunches from like these prolific, really good directors like the Coens and mm-hmm. Spielberg and Nolan and whatnot. Yeah, it, it's funny. Like I, when you said which ones you had to like catch up on, I would have almost always picked those ones. Yeah, because let me tell you, nobody fucking saw a Serious Man. Yeah, no, right. And that, it's really good. Yeah, like it's a delight. But it's one of those. It's got no, like Michael Stuhlberg yeah. is like the biggest star in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, He's a great character actor. It's filmed film about a Jewish mathematician. Yeah. Like you said, not one people normally line up to see right. multiplexes. Um, oh. But it's really good. Miller's Crossing, just because it's it's fucking phenomenal. But it's 
old. Yeah. You know, it was like their third film. Yeah. Um, also, I can't wait for that to come out on fucking Criterion. So excited for that to come out on Criterion. Uh, Lady Killers. I only watched that recently for the first for the time. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, what was the other one you had on that? The other one is one of my, you're not going to believe that I've never seen this, but Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski, yeah. I can't wait for you to watch that. I mean, Dude, I've got like three books about the Big Lebowski. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's funny that that the the same kind of thought came up with Succession that it's kind of gotten to the point where I don't even fucking want to watch it because everyone gushes about it so much. Same thing with Big Lebowski. I think that's why I didn't watch it initially because yeah. no one could shut up about it. Yeah. So I never watched it, and now it's just kind of gotten to the point where I just have never seen it. I was lucky. I watched Big Lebowski opening night. There you go. So I liked it before. <laughs> No, like but it. that's the type of thing, though, because, yeah. yeah, like, once, it's like fucking Napoleon Dynamite. When everyone started fucking quoting it, I'm like, yeah. I'm fucking so over this film now. Yeah, well, once it once it gets into the college dorms, yeah, uh, and a Blu-ray gets into a college dorm, mm-hmm. it's fucking over. Yeah, next thing you know, all the fucking <clears throat> Calvin and Hobbes t-shirts are getting yeah. printed in their Big Lebowski rips. Yeah. Um, but you will love it, because you, like... Film noirs, yeah, and this is one hundred percent the big sleep. You know, it's it's a neo noir oh, yeah. through and through. It's just told through the lens of a South a South Cal- uh, Californian slacker, right? You know, who like you know you've got all, all these film noirs guys who get pulled into these situations that they're not prepared for. Right, he's not even sure he's being pulled into it. Right, <laughs> he's just literally like. The whole movie hinges because he just wants his fucking rug replaced. Well, see, and that's that's the other thing about it is that I've. And I don't know, I have seen scenes. Like, yeah. I've seen the whole thing where he, the whole monologue about the rug ties the room together. Uh, I've seen the the Totoro in the, the bowling ball the stuff. Jesus. <laughs> I've had the, you know, the shut the fuck up, Donnie. Stuff. Out of your I, so, element. So, like, it's it's weird because I feel like I've seen the, yeah. all the, the famous spots, but, like, I, I have no idea oh, what happens. But yeah, like, you haven't seen the best stuff. Like, yeah. fucking Ben Gazzara in this plays like a Hugh Hefner type of character who I can't give it away why he's in it. Uh, Peter Stomari plays a former porn star, star of the film Log Jammin', uh, which is one of the greatest porn titles ever. (laughs) Even fucking Tara Reid is perfectly cast in this fucking film. Can't say that very often. No, you can't say that. I'm pretty sure ever, except for the Sharknado. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe, uh, but she's so damn good in this. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is fucking phenomenal. It's again, it's a Coen Brothers, so it's loaded with character. There, like we, we talk all the time about how like directors have their kind of stables of actors. Like, yeah. the same people that are in every Wes Anderson movie, the same mm-hmm. people that are in all of Nolan's movies. I think the Coens' regular cast of characters might be my favorite. Yeah, well, because you've always got John Goodman, which yeah, oh, and like fucking. Walter Sobchak is one of my favorite John Goodman roles ever. Uh, you know, we're talking about Jeff Bridges, uh, and Jeff Bridges in True Grit is... Yeah, that's the same. Watching him terrific. in True Grit compared to him in the Lebowski, Big Lebowski, and you're like, yeah. how the fuck? You know, how is... I'm... Because I think he won Best Actor. No, he didn't win Best Actor for Rooster, for being Rooster Cogburn. He was nominated, He right? won... Yeah, I think he won for... He won... The, the one country guitar Yeah, one, yeah. Which I'm forgetting now. The one where he's the, like, 
broken a- down. Yeah, aging. He's Chris yeah. Christopherson, essentially. Uh, uh, I don't remember what it's called either. Uh, but he was... Crazy something. Yes. Yeah, I think he went for that. But Jesus. He's so good in everything. It was nice to see him. Yeah. True um, Grit is another one. I've only seen True Grit once. Yeah. And I fucking loved it. I... That was a... a purchase for me and it I I rewatched it for a it was one of those ones actually that I was kind of rewatching it semi regularly until I switched over to watching everything digital mm-hmm. and then I just never watched it again. I it's somewhere in this house. I have the Blu-ray somewhere in this house. I was surprised inside Lewin Davis wasn't on your list. Oh I I also have not seen that. Um the the funny thing about Cohen movies, they're fucking none of them are available streaming. The only no, one, the only really one that is not. the only one that's streaming is Lebowski, and it's on Tubi. Um, uh, don't watch it on Tubi. And there are very and they're not none of them are available on disc to digital, other than the two that I have, because that's how I got Fargo and True Grit. That well, that was the other thing. Oh no, Fargo was a sale. That's what that's where I got Fargo. But True Grit was a two dollar. Um, okay, we're gonna have to hit pause. Okay, stand by. So that'll probably be in my head the rest of the day. Yeah, I had to show Tom the uh, Please Mr. Kennedy song from Inside Lewin Davis, which is another one that needs to be added to your list, because <laughs> that film, oh, it's just so good. Yeah, so I've, uh, I, again, we'll get into it more when, uh, a little bit more when I uh, go over my little goals there, but um, yeah, that was it. I closed out with True Grit, watched that yesterday afternoon. Um, that had been more recent. Obviously, because uh, that's a 2008-ish. Jesus, I know. It's almost like 15 years old now at this point. Um, it seems like it was just a few years ago. Yeah, and I probably last watched it, you know, again, like probably 10 years ago. Uh, yeah, I think I'm definitely going to try to do like a Coen Brothers like a week. At least one film of theirs a week, because... Yeah. There's just such good... The shit is so good. Yeah. Um... Plus, it just gives me any excuse to watch Raising Arizona again. Right. <laughs> and there are a couple, there is one, um, there's a, uh, a box set that has four movies, um, but two of them I've watched recently, so it wasn't really worth it to, to yeah. go get it, unless you want it, because it has Fargo and uh, Blood Simple in it. Um, Blood Simple's now out on Criterion. Which I watched last year, I think. Yeah, that one, and that one I think is on because I signed into your uh, Criterion account and poked around a little bit. Yeah, um, and I think that was the only Coen Brothers that's on Criterion that's on the channel right now. Yeah, because Inside Lou and Davis is also a Criterion release, but I don't think it's on the channel mm. right now. Yeah, uh, so that's it. That was it, pretty much for the stuff that I had written down for the stuff that we watched this week. Was there anything else that you watched this week that you wanted to? Uh, let me go to my list here. Um, I will tell you a little bit about Seder, which is the one I watched last night, right. a horror film. I wanted it to be better than it was because it is a very interesting story. Like, the backstory of the film is it's written, directed, shot, edited by, like, one guy. As a kid, his grandmother basically said she she was a medium and basically could talk to the spirit named Seder. Um, and shit got weird. Turns out Graham was later, they found out, like, paranoid schizophrenic. Mm. But he had all these old recordings of her talking about Seder. And she would do, like, automatic writing. And had pages and pages and pages upon like stuff that she just wrote while in like a trance. Oh wait, pause. 
I remember another one that I, before I lose it, uh, that I, and you can just tell me whether it sucked or not, or if it's even worth talking about. Um, I saw a trailer to one, because it was on another list or something, that I'll never ever again watch, but it did look creepy as fuck, where this, it's like a, it's one of those kind of shot like paranormal activity, um, like documentary style, <laughs> where the, it's this woman's mother who is, uh, who has Alzheimer's, but then it kind of Take turns. Take her to Deborah Logan? Yeah. Fucking watch it. Oh, no, oh, I'm not watching oh it, Oh, my Dan. God, that film is good. Um, yeah. But it looks creepy as fuck. I it is. Yeah, I'm it not is. watching it, but it, I, I would <laughs> like to hear about it at some point. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, um, anyway, back to this. Yeah, so he had all these recordings, and he uses these actual recordings and actual letters in the film. In it, there's, like, a family that's kind of experienced some shit. There's a grandmother in it. There's a brother, a sister, and another brother. Something bad has happened to the brother. He's off living alone in this cabin in the woods. The other brother has seemingly, like, maybe just gotten out of rehab, perhaps. The, the film is told in a very non-linear way to the detriment of the film. Like, you can't get yourself invested in pretty much anything because you're, you're spending most of your time going, what the Figuring fuck is going on? Figuring out where you are. On. Yeah. That's so, frustrating. Which is why it's only... A, I liked it, but that's why it was only a three-star film for me because yep. for too much of the film, I'm going... I'm trying to make the connections. What are you we know, doing? Maybe on a rewatch, I would like it better, but yeah. at the same time, I'm like, I don't... The oh kind of things at the end weren't good enough to make me go like, shit, now I need to go back and rewatch this. Um, worth watching, but not giving a whole lot of second thought to. It wasn't a horror movie. The other one that I was thinking of, it's just a really weird movie, um, Mandibles. Oh, I don't know that one. Okay. Mandibles. I, it's, I guess it's just fucking really weird. It's about oh. these two dudes that have a life, uh, a human-sized fly they find in the trunk of their car and oh. just kind of carry it around with them. Uh, the other one that I just kind of want to throw a shout out to because this was just an incredibly cool music documentary, uh, The Sparks Brothers by Edgar Wright. Mm-hmm. Um, Sparks has been a band for like 50 fucking years. Um, I remember hearing something of theirs from like the 80s. I did not realize they had been around this long. Like to the point where as we're watching Andrew's like, is this a real documentary? <laughs> did it feel like a... At, at times, yeah, because you're like, how have they been along, around for this long? And I've never really heard that much about them. How is Isn't this it, possible? Doesn't it feel weird when that happens? Yeah. Like, how was I not aware? How did this never cross my path? Yeah. Um, or did it yeah, at some point? Yeah, because they never, I mean, in England, they were much bigger than they are here. Yeah. So I guess in England, they, they had a lot more hits. Here, not so much. But again, like, they've been recording since the 60s. And it's just the two brothers. Pretty hmm. I mean, they get other people in the band, but it's always just been the two brothers. Um, and the music is catchy. It's good. It's weird. It's like shit you might have heard on Dr. Demento, you know, <laughs> which we, we probably did. And yeah. just didn't realize it. Because yeah. some of their shit is out there. I mean, well, short of Weird Al, I couldn't tell you who made any of that music. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it was just, it was a really well-made documentary. Like... It was two and a half hours long, and it flew right by. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, good job, Edgar Wright, um, telling me about this band I didn't know really existed. It's funny because uh, Edgar Wright doesn't have as big a catalog as some of the other directors that are kind of on my radar this year, but that he was one of them that I was going to rip through yeah. again. I've seen 
most of the stuff I care to see of his, and yeah. and I'll watch it again. I'm pretty sure I've seen everything of his. Yeah, with the exception of last night Soho. So hard, right, which comes out next week. Yeah, and and so. that that's kind of what spurred that on was that when it comes out, I'll watch it. Um, although I guess people are kind of disappointed with it. Not everybody. No, okay. a lot of a lot of horror fans have really really enjoyed it. But again, it makes me want to watch it and go like, did they just not get what they were watching? Yeah, because like, it has it also again has like, a has a very noir vibe to it. Yeah, and I just like Amy Tal- Ta- Anya Taylor Joy. I'll watch her in anything. She's awesome. Yeah, uh, well, the the most anticipated thing she's coming up in is is the the Northman. Yeah, I'm I'm I haven't been able to even get around to watching his first two movies. <laughs> and you're um, excited about that? But I'm excited about this, and I it, I think you'd really like The Witch. I think probably I would too. Yeah. Um, and that's streaming all the time. Yeah, and the Lighthouse is just fucking weird. Yeah, but it's it's like peak Defoe. Yeah. I could watch, yeah. I, maybe I'll try to watch all three. Maybe I'll try, that'll be, I won't be able to watch The Northman until I've watched the other ones. Maybe, yeah, I'll, make that, maybe yeah, I'll make that. Make like a weekend out of it. It's like uh, make that deal with myself. Oh, that'll be a, a pretty happy, cheery weekend then. <laughs> uh, filled with bright colors and laughs. Or lots of blues and grays and browns. Oh, luckily for you, the lighthouse is black and Right, well, that's what I'm saying. You don't have to worry about the depressing colors because they're all there's no col- there, there's no there's color just to no be depressed color to about. Be there about uh, to be to worry about. Um, the witch is pretty much gray, with some grass, some some dead some, grass, yeah, some, some blue gray hues. Yep, yep. And the the Northman appears to be all blue grays, uh, with some blacks. Yeah. Um. Best of 2021? Yeah, let's dive right into it. Uh, so I, I, your lists, you've got the three different sort of categories. Yes, as usual, I have the horror movies, mm-hmm. the nerd films, mm-hmm. and then just what I've dubbed the regular. Right. You know. Now, do nerd films, does that just mean uh, popcorn yeah, Maybe. it's 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 the super superhero sci-fi, yeah. you know, creature feature gotcha. know, type of thing. Um, yeah, big nerd films. Where do you want to start? Uh, let's start with horror because I know those are ones that you probably won't have much input on. Likely not. Have I seen any of them? Yes. Really? Yes. I think. Wow. Okay. All right. First one, the number ten, is Into the Earth. Uh, I think I've talked about I it I want to watch this. Yeah, it was filmed during the pandemic. It's on it's, my... Um, uh, so, so don't do any spoilers, because this no. is actually on my list. No, it's Ben Wheatley, who yep. has made some really fucking cool films. But this one is... There's been a worldwide pandemic, and some scientists kind of head out in yeah, the that, woods. because right? Yeah, because yeah. they believe the trees are kind of communicating in a way that might help them. See, it's because I like the happening so much yeah. that... <laughs> yes, I mean, this gives off some strong <laughs> happening vibes. Because it is the trees. Well, what if it's the trees? This I can't way, even do it. I can't way. even do high-pitched Mark, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> this, this is just much better. Um, and feels very <laughs> pandemic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's my number 10. My number 9 is the one I think you might have seen, A Quiet Place too. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, so I don't really need to get into that. Then a couple that I watched um, at the Chattanooga Film Festival, which have just recently come out, 
on video. But uh, first one is My Heart Can't Beat Unless You Tell It To. Starring Patrick Fugit. Um, almost famous. He's okay. a kid. Uh, this is a vampire film, but it's a vampire film unlike anything you've ever seen. Uh, Patrick Fugit plays the older brother, and along with the older sister, they have a younger brother who is essentially a vampire, but is a very, very sickly ill one who hmm. can't go out and hunt on his own. So it's his job to kind of lure people back to their house to murder so their brother can drink the blood to stay alive. Heavy on the allegory of, you know, what it's like to care for a sick loved one um, to the point where you yourself don't have a life. Your entire life is making sure they don't die. Right. Um, And how that weighs upon you. Um, Very, very good film. Along the very same lines... um Robin informed me that the Twilight Saga is now on Netflix. I still have to finish Uh, it. And I told her that you have recently watched most of them. I still have to watch Eclipse Part (laughs) 2. I don't know how you've held out this long. I mean, without knowing. I know. Well, I didn't have a copy of it for the longest time. Now Now you don't need one. It's not like one of those I wanted to go buy. Oh, I ended up buying a copy of it. But it was like, I had to make sure I had like another stack. It like, couldn't. It couldn't be the only thing. You no, were I could that not day. go into Bull Moose. And you have just to. Buy it has clips. to almost be a mistake and be like, oh, I don't want to walk back there. Just yeah, it's a gift. I'll um, give it away. Yeah, it's a gift. It's going to be a coaster. Um, yeah. So because Robin, well, I, I think we when you were watching them, we were talking about Robin and I have only seen the first one. I'm not going to go any further. I have no interest to. But she said she might. She might watch the rest of them. Uh, my next one is one called Coming Home in the Dark. I think it was Australian, so, you know, it's super cheerful. Right. But it's about these two criminals who basically hijack a family riding in a car on their way home in the dark. And it's, you learn that... Aptly titled, then. Yes. You learn that there is a connection between the guy driving the car and one of the one of the kidnappers. And it's just, it's fucking dark film. So, and it's very minimal. A lot of it is just incredibly tense dialogue. Um, things don't like go the, well. The the Glengarry Glen Ross of horror movies. Kind of. Yeah. Always be selling. <laughs> <laughs> they too use the phrase always yeah. be selling. Someone also gets a set of steak knives. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> um, uh, then, uh, then it's on to a big budget one. Uh, the New Candyman. Mm-hmm. Which I need to rewatch. I've only seen it that one time in the theater. But it was just, it was really fucking good. But that's another one where people were like, what is it? Is it a remake? Is it a reboot? It's yeah. not as good as the original, you know. It's like, dude, just sit back and fucking enjoy it for what it is. It's a yeah. really good addition to the Candyman lore. You know, it, it fits in. It's not a remake. It fits into the lore because, you know, it makes the point of saying, you know what? These type of stories, because he's an urban legend. Urban legends fucking change over yeah. time. They're not always going to be the same as it was 20 years ago. Something's been added by another generation in between. Isn't it funny that, because you said you need to watch it again because you only saw it in the theater. I said the exact same thing to Robin last night about Spider-Man. It's odd that movies that we watch in the theater, we need to again watch them at home to like fully yeah. get it. But yet the theater is supposedly the way to watch it. But there's just no way to not be a little bit distracted by the fact that you're in a theater. Yeah, there's other people. Someone coughs. You hear snacks. Yeah. Someone goes out the back door so there's light. Or just the fact that like you're like, whoa, what was that? Yeah. You can't fucking pause it 
and rewind it 30 seconds to make sure you caught what you thought you caught. Or rewind it and turn the fucking subtitles on because you can understand what they're saying, Tom yes. Hardy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> there's, some mo- there's some actors and some movies that, like, I'm sorry, I need fucking, I need subtitles. Yeah. Um, it's funny, though, that I, I, on Ghostbusters, I had to, because um, usually we have subtitles on in the, uh, at our house because there's usually two tablets going off and mm-hmm. yeah. when Rob and I are trying to watch something and it's mom, mom, mom. So we usually have subtitles on anyway. But since I started watching Korean movies, I have a hard time watching stuff in English on subtitles because I read all of them. Yeah. And I had to shut it off yeah. in Ghostbusters. I've noticed I couldn't, I do that too. So, yeah, I couldn't usually, take it. Especially if I'm watching a movie in bed, I'll usually have the subtitles on so I'm not watching it as loudly. Right. Um, but yeah, there'll be times like... Bluetooth headset. Like, it was the best, th- one of my favorite purchases we ever. We have two of those. So yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. I bought, uh, that was last year's birthday purchase was a Bluetooth, mm. a nice Sony Bluetooth headset. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I could pick up my TV on that. Yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. Um, next up we have Lamb, which I think I've talked about as yep. well, which was that Norwegian-ish horror where this family out in the middle of nowhere has uh, uh, one of lamb their lambs kid? gives birth to a human-lamb hybrid. And eventually the creature that sired it comes back looking for it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Then another I said one, that like I'm really into it. <laughs> yeah, get, get that sheep fucker. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the other one I talked about the other week too, but it might have been in the last episode, uh, Advent Calendar. Oh, yes. Which is just a, a monkey's paw of a movie. But yeah. surprisingly, I had never seen a horror movie use that trope before. Whereof every day you have to open up another door, which is kind of like another wish. It, doesn't it? Doesn't that feel odd that that's never been? Yeah. How has no one made that horror movie? How have before? we not been there yet? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if it was like, oh, it was used uh, used an advent calendar, but a different way. Like, no, nobody's done that that I've seen. Um, another one that I just watched recently, and it fucking blew me away, was how cool it was for just being essentially a bottle episode of a TV show. We need to do something. Um, Patrick Healy is the star. Most people don't know who he is, but he's just one of those guys who's like, oh, hey, it's that guy in like 40 fucking million horror movies. He plays an alcoholic dad who, along with his wife, late teenage girl and younger son, have to take refuge in their bathroom during a a tornado, during a freak storm. What's it called? We need to do something. Um, You learn... Again, aptly titled. Uh, eventually, like, the storm does, like, bring a, ha- a tree down into their house so much that they're locked in the bathroom, and then shit just kind of gets weird. And you learn that the daughter's kind of been into witchcraft lately and might have done something that might be part of all this. It gets fucking... This film goes there <laughs> in the darkness. Um, yeah, it's, it's them essentially just trapped in a bathroom for three days. But... The acting is really good. The script is really good. And I mean, of all the, the creep, rooms, the creepy factor is high. Of all the rooms in the house to be trapped in, that's one of the the underrated ones. Yeah. Uh, really good jump scare too. Really good jump scare involving a dog. That's all I'll say about <laughs> it. No, oh, fuck it. You're probably not going to watch it. No, I am definitely not. So they can they can get there. They tr- they can open the bathroom door like a few inches, enough to right. barely get like the young girl's arm out because she's small, and thin. And she's, she's trying to get her phone because they dropped their cell phone, trying to get reception. Of course. And, like, all of a sudden, something starts looking at her hand. She's like, oh, it's a dog. 
oh, you know, this dog is looking at my hand. Oh, who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? You're a good boy. And then all of a sudden this voice just goes, I am a good boy. <laughs> yeah. And then it nope. almost yanks her out the door. Nope. <laughs> I'm out. Because it's like a very dark, like, I am a good boy. And it's no. like, fuck. No, thank you. That's when you learn, like, for the first time, <laughs> there's something bigger than a fucking tornado has happened. Yeah. I'm all set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, great jump scare. Um, but yeah, that leads me to uh, the number two, which is Titane. Which is the woman fucks an automobile and strange shit happens. Right, um, right. I can't even begin to describe it. That I was on really, a list I saw too. I really can't describe it. Um, it's the same woman who made Raw, and she just makes this one even fucking weirder. Um, I think that was a Flick Connection one too, maybe. Oh, I'm sure. This would be one that he would definitely like name one of his like weirdest films you haven't seen. Yes, yeah, I think that's the name of the video or something. Yeah. It was something very much like that. And then my number one, I've talked about it a bunch, uh, Hellbinder. Hellbender, I mean. Um, Just fucking really cool independent horror flick. Yeah. That's witches. Sort of-ish. But we've talked about it before. When it comes out in February, I think it's supposed to come out on Shutter when it does come out. Watch it, because it's fucking spectacular. Yes. Yeah. Uh... Do you want to go back and forth? Do you want to go around to your next one? Um, how about we, I'll do my nerd list, but any that are on your list, just say pass. Oh, uh, my only lists are Korean. Oh, okay. Because I figured everything that was, because everything is going to be, I would guess. All right. For that were actual 2021 movies. Yeah. Yeah. I'll bring them up. You're going to talk about all of them. Okay. Uh, first one, it kind of just filled, I I think it might've been a 2019, but I didn't see it until last year. Uh, Batman Soul of the Dragon. Okay, yes. I did watch that last year. Still one of my favorite cartoons DC's put out, just because I love that 70s kung fu vibe. Uh, Number nine, Godzilla vs. Kong. Yep. Yeah, there's some stupid, stupid shit in it. It is, But it's a great Godzilla vs. Kong Taken as what it is, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Black Widow. Yep. Number eight. Uh, Shang-Chi, number seven. I will also add that I have not seen Eternals yet. Because that comes out on Disney Plus next week. Next week, yeah. Um, My number five is, number six, I mean, is surprisingly the Snyder Cut. Really? I just really enjoyed it. It's it's weird to me that I have not one but two DC films above the Marvel films. It is. Uh, Because my number five is Suicide Squad. Um, It's a shame that that wasn't the first Suicide Squad and that this one had to come out. In the weird pandemic time, because this is the yeah. this is the one yeah. that deserves a sequel, and it's probably Imagine, not going to get it. Think about how different the whole DC cinema, whatever, what do they call it? The it e- doesn't matter. The DC EU, whatever. Uh, how that whole landscape would be different had that this Suicide Squad come out in whatever year, yeah, like twenty sixteen or whatever. Yeah, if this is what it was. It's staggering that this one, I think, barely made $100 million, And the other one made, you know, half a billion. Or whatever it may ended up making. Is that real? Did it really? I don't know. I'm talking on my ass. No, I'm not. No, I, it, no, but it, it made, I know the billion, it, it but, made but this a, one only made, like... It, it did nothing. That's too bad. I'm wondering um, if because be... it came out on HBO Max day and date. Yeah. And it was, you know, right when theaters were... How much do, how much do you think that's going to end up costing Warner? That a good amount. I'm glad they did it. <laughs> Me too. But because guess what? I watched man, one of your films. Was, I would have never watched in the theater. Really stupid. Well, no sudden move was one of them. Yeah. Uh, 
It was just really uh, dumb. worldwide. It made a hundred and sixty-seven million God. worldwide. So it lost big money. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, yeah, that's. Yeah, it only made fifty-five million domestic. Wow. Yeah, like that's Hellboy money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was so much better than. I mean, it's got it's getting the Peacemaker TV show, which is coming out really soon. Yeah, the ads are starting to really ramp up. Yeah. Um, then I go into Matrix Resurrection, which we talked about last week. And I get why some people don't like it. Including me. Including you. I like it. Uh, number three, I'm glad I just got to recently watch this. Uh, the last uh, Daniel Craig Bond film, No Time to Die. I am now uh, <coughs> back sort of interested again. I'm surprised. Because I didn't even finish Spectre. Spectre sucked. Uh, Spectre I, was the worst of the of the five Craig films by far, which is weird because this one leans heavily into some of the stuff from Spectre. And I wasn't crazy. I was lukewarm on Skyfall. Oh, and then Skyfall's just, my favorite. I don't know. Just all the shit at the... It didn't feel Bondy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and it was just a really poor... For someone James Bond level, it was a poor idea to like, let's go somewhere that has no weapons. Yeah. <laughs> what? what are you doing? Yeah, it was a weird, um, like you said, it was a weird Bond film. So and I, I, had, and I, I think Sam Mendes blew all his ideas on that one. Yeah. Because Spectre, Spectre I liked, just... I like the villain in that one. That, yeah. Javier Bardem is Oh, good. he was so good. Yeah, no, for for this current round of Bond, it kind of took on that Star Trek like every other one is good. Yeah. Because Quantum of Solace was, was fine. I didn't have I didn't have nearly the problems with it a lot of people had, but it was not as good as Casino Royale. No, Casino Royale is good. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, the rest of Skyfall is fine with me. It's just it, it turns into Home Alone at the end. Yeah, which is silly to me. Yeah, uh, No Time to Die. Uh, Rami Malek sucks in it. Really? I, You're not selling me on this movie, Dan. No, uh, I can't. I don't think I, I can sell anyone really on Rami Malek. <laughs> um, he's really good in that one TV show. Mm-hmm. Where he plays kind of a ghosted fucking human being. Right. Um, he's not that great in this. But the story in this one, it's a very good concluding story for Craig's Bond. Um, it feels like a final piece of this. Um, and it was written and it was directed by um, Kerry Fukunawa. Yeah. So it's beautifully shot. Everything looks fucking gorgeous in it. Um Gives Bond some real stakes, which is something that he often doesn't feel like he has. Um, yeah, the Rami Malek. If Rami Malek's villain had been better, this could have easily been like one of my favorite Bond films. Period. Yeah, but Malek sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but the, that's also the thing. He's bar- He's not in it that much. Yeah. As the main villain, he is not in this film that much. Schedule um, conflicts. Yeah. <laughs> Or, you know, just say, like, they saw the dailies. Yeah. And we're like, no, let's cut that roll back. Yep. Um, and the next one is, we talked about it at length last week, Spider-Man No Way Home. Yep. God, I hope that gives us some new films. But even if it doesn't, it's such it's just a really good film. And then lastly, my number one nerd film is Dune, which I think is, will be back on HBO, like, this month. Yes, it's very close. Because um, it comes out on Blu-ray this week, maybe? I, yeah, you, I think can, you can buy it digital right now. So, yeah. yeah um, I think it comes out the 11th. But it's also one of those ones that still, it's 20 bucks to rent. Yeah. Um, uh, I will be getting, like, the 4K on this. 
Yeah. Because it's I, fucking spectacular looking. Uh, Villeneuve is another one of my directors to kind of watch all of this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only one I probably won't re-watch is Prisoners because I just watched it. Not so fucking not brutal. too long ago. So I'm not brutal. I'm not ready to watch it again. And no, it was, and it was like last February. <laughs> if you were, I would question it. If you're uh, like, I watch that every week. Yeah, that's Sunday, a, right? That's man. an annual watch for me. Like, uh, that's the only one. You? Are you a math teacher? That's, <laughs> that's the only one I won't uh, probably rewatch. Uh, but there aren't. There are only a couple that I haven't seen. Um, but yeah. I'll get to that. Um, you got one? Nope, that's my top ten for nerds. Okay. I have I have just the regular list yet, and I can wait. I mean, you can have a turn. You've been being so busy. You can have a turn. Uh, so I, I just broke mine down um, because uh, you were going to, and you did talk about The only ones I guess you didn't mention, uh, you didn't mention boss level. Boss level. Boss level would have been up there. For boss me. level was like right at the bottom of the nerd level, the nerd stuff. It was like between. It was like boss level, eight bit Christmas, and free guy. Uh, Those yeah, were like free guy was uh, high up on my twenty twenty ones. There were three uh, animated uh, Mitchell's versus Machines. That was also Raya. Jesus. That film is so much fun. <clears throat> Raya and La- uh, Raya the Last Dragon and Luca were. And yeah. Which those, I, I were, still haven't seen either of those yet. They were okay. I'm kind of behind on because I need to watch Encanto too. I'm so behind on my. I think animated. we're gonna watch that this afternoon actually. Um, yeah, once you get down past there, you're into like uh, and nobody was this year. I still haven't seen nobody. Yeah, it's fine. It's John Wick with. Bob Odenkirk, yeah, <laughs> uh, which is a it's an interesting yeah it's a great pairing cause yeah because like it's expect <clears throat> right because he's not an action star so it is it is fun to see him in that role. Um, Werewolves was in within is worth a shout out. I have that now. I bought it the other day. So Jungle Cruise was exactly what you think it yep. is. It's fine. Uh, Tomorrow Moors fine. I'll watch the oh, next. Yeah. I'll watch the next one. Totally forgot that. <laughs> I know, right? Jesus. <laughs> uh, but I'll watch the next one. Yeah. I'll, don't care to see that one again. But that's no, fine. yeah, it's fine. Um, <clears throat> so I just uh, because my year was dominated by uh, Korean movies, I just made my two Korean movie lists. Uh, one that's just Bong and Park, and then the other one that is yeah, everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, my two uh, uh, actually, I'll just start at ten. Number ten would be Barking Dogs Never Bite. That's the first mm-hmm. Bong movie we talked about it last week. Uh, the 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 thing that really struck me about this, especially watching it last, is that it is his very first movie. It's from 98, 99. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like I said last week, more than any other of his of his films, because he's kind of all over the place. Um, <clears throat> it's a direct line to Parasite from Barking yeah. Dogs. Uh, there are so many things in Barking Dogs that you can see, oh, that's the couch scene from <laughs> Parasite. You know, you really can. You can point to it and say, oh, that's that scene from Parasite, uh, only much more polished later on. Um, and the themes and all that stuff are the same. Uh, it, it is funny, though, that you, that, uh, like, when you read a, someone who doesn't watch a lot of Korean movies, like, they'll, you read a, when you describe Bong's style, some of it is just that's what all Korean movies are. Mm. I've said we've been saying all year that like you have to be you got to be ready for the very sharp shifts in tone. That's not just a bong trait. He may heavily influence the rest of Korean cinema, mm-hmm. 
because he's really into really sharp tone shifts. Uh, but like even the the action movies, remember I was talking about maybe the unjust, where it's lethal weapon, but way goofier and way more serious. Where yeah, it's um, Riders of Justice does some of the same similar stuff. Yeah, where people are like, because like a lot of people are like, it's listed as a comedy yeah. on IMDb. Am I supposed to be laughing at this? There is some funny shit in it. Yeah, there are some funny things in it, but yeah. also at the same time, some very you know, traumatic events. There's some other stuff where you're like, just fuck, man, this is hard. This is yeah. heart wrenching. Yeah. But oh, that's also very funny. And oh, that's gross. Yeah. It just, <laughs> you, know? you gotta be, you have to be ready to be like, whoa, we're here now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and be ready to roll with it. Uh, the next one is gonna be controversial because it's so low on the list, but Old Boy is number that nine. That is surprising. I have Old Boy at nine. I, I have to watch, Old Boy is on my Korean rewatch list for mm. this year. Uh, it was one of the first one I watched, so I may not have been prepared yeah. for what I was watching. Um, so I'm, I definitely need to watch it again. And I will not be surprised if this moves up on a rewatch. Um, I also, and don't take this the wrong way, I didn't like it. Like it. Oh, it's skeezy. I didn't like it. It makes you feel gross. It kind of, it, it kind especially of, that ending. <laughs> it gives me the, it gives you the, the eight millimeter feel. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to rewatch it. Uh, if you don't know what old boy is, it's, it's the, is that the most, well, maybe now parasite, but is it the, like, if you've seen a Korean movie, it's old boy. Yeah. Cause that, that was like, trained to Busan. Yeah. Cause that was a really big deal when that came out. That yeah. was like the art house nerd film. Like everybody was like, you need to see fucking old boy, man. Yeah. Cause it's, it's a revenge film with a twist. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it's, and it's, it's a very bizarrely set up revenge film and it's uh, a guy gets because I went into it thinking I went into it not really knowing yeah. really what it was other than the, the very bare bones uh, he's not like some sort of action star uh, he, he went on to be um, uh, one of my most watched actors mm -hmm. and he's like one of the most famous actors and he's a top three probably actor in, in uh, Korea but he's not an action star no uh, I thought that's what this was. Mm -hmm. It's not. He's just a schlubby businessman. But there's some action sequence. Which he, mainly the side-scrolling hallway fight. With right, hammer. right. <laughs> Other than you know, that. Uh, but that's what also often got showcased when people started yes. talking about it. But they're like, because again, this was like, it's very commonplace in move, action movies now. But like, this is like maybe the first time you saw like the hallway fight in Daredevil. Yeah. Where you're just like, holy shit, this yeah. is way more brutal, and they're still on one take, aren't they? Right. Where you're just like, it's some, but it's, you know, it's in Atomic Blonde, it's in John Wick, it's used everywhere it's in now. Raid. In the raid. This is like, <clears throat> this is the prototype of right. that. Um, so, not only is it number nine on this list, it also means it's like number five for Park movies, uh, for me, because uh, just above that is Lady Vengeance. That Which is, is better than Old Boy. I'll definitely agree to that. <laughs> okay, I'm glad you said that because, like, Letterbox does not agree. No, uh, Letterbox is wrong. <laughs> I think Lady Vengeance is better. It's and for the sim not simple reason, but it's more fun. Yeah, uh, it's it's more of a good time. Mm -hmm. um, that's all I got to say about it, I guess. Uh, just above that, and I really could have put. Uh, I I kind of slapped Oakja in there. Wherever. Okja's in there uh, between two... That's the, the second... This will be the second Bong movie. Uh, Okja's on Netflix. It's the, the one you kind of forget about because it's yeah. on Netflix. Yeah. Um, and it's 
Is that the most, well, other than Snowpiercer, is that the most accessible? Oh, yeah, because I remember even when that came out, people were, like, talking about it maybe getting some Academy nominations. Um, Luckily, because I know Netflix has an agreement with some films for Criterion, so I'm hoping Criterion Mm. will release this since they've released a bunch of other bong. Um, So I'm hoping, because, again, Netflix doesn't do physical releases unless they're co-producing it with something. Yeah. Because actually, I learned about that by reading a Mike Flanagan article. That's why Haunting a Phil House and Bly Manor got Blu-ray releases. Yeah. Because they were co-produced. Ah. Uh, so the other studio was like, no, you get it for streaming for X amount of time, and then we're putting out a Blu-ray release of it. Which is why, like, Bly Manor just got its Blu-ray release now, like a year and a half after it first came out. Because there is no such thing for Midnight Mass, because that was purely a Netflix production. So even Flanagan's like, I don't think they're going to plan on releasing it. I just... Aren't you leaving money on the table? I 100% think you are. You've got to be. Because no one is going to buy that. You're not losing money. Because no one is going to blind buy that. They're going to watch it on Netflix first. And and on the other end of things, no one is going to get a subscription to Netflix just to watch that show, and no one is going to cancel their Netflix. Oh, I bought it on digital. I'm going to cancel my Netflix now. No one's going to do that. That's ridiculous. So, yeah. But all it is is it's keeping shit that I want. More often than not, I forget movies exist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they're not on my fucking shelf. Right. I haven't scanned it into my app. I haven't put it in fucking alphabetical order by category. I forget it's there. So it's like if when we're talking about like, oh, yeah, let's do, you know, June, you know, June in the park. I forgot fucking Oaksha. Yeah. For, for like the beginning. Of like, <laughs> yeah. It's not on my shelf. Well, I mean, it's also uh, as far as, you know, going back to the accessibility angle, it's half more than half in English. Yeah. Well, no, no, it's not. It's about half in English. Tilda Swinton is in it. You yeah. know, like people you've seen are in it. Um, it's. But again, it's kind of that, it's a, it's very fairy tale-like, mm-hmm. but it's a dark fairy tale. Yeah. And it's like... Yeah, humanity doesn't come out good on that. Yeah, it's the stuff that they're, you're like, oh, this is, oh, wait a minute, what are, what are we doing? My God, stop that, what are we doing? Yeah. Uh, that's very much how this movie yeah, let's feels. let's create this pigopotamus thing <laughs> and, and just put you through the emotional ringer yeah, about it. it is, it's a terrific, terrific movie, though. Uh, Plus, the other thing is, most, most like physical media purchasers now are people like us who are buying it for the film right. plus this content that comes with it, special features and whatnot. Well, and you don't get that shit on Netflix. You might get like a little like three minute And it's the no longer, um, I get the idea of not wanting to put stuff like that out to rent. I get that because that does directly compete with Netflix. But now kind of to your point, anyone that's buying stuff it's because they've already seen it, yeah. and they're already a fan. I mean... You're just getting more money from HBO them. HBO puts out their shit. Yes. On, and people know, buy it. People buy it. Amazon Studios puts out their shit on physical media. Yep. Netflix is literally the only people who don't do it. Although Hulu has some, too, that are original that they haven't put out yet. Because they're bastards. I Who's, want my little monsters. Hulu's different. Oh, I do, too. I would like that. I want that on Voodoo. Um, next one, going back to Park, uh, is Thirst. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely going to rewatch that as well. 
Um, because once again, even though it was just you and you, I in the theater, <laughs> watch it at the theater. So it's just a little. I feel like I need to well, be. They, they had in to my come in room. and turn the film up. They right. had to come in and change the heating. You know, right. they, had, they had to do a couple things that yeah. interrupted us. Yes. Uh, but that is, uh, we're going to have back-to-back uh, Song Kang-Ho's here. Um, he was actually back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Mm. Um, oh, he is, surprises me. He is a, uh, actually, sorry, back-to-back-to-back-to-back, to back to back to back, four in a row. Um, he's a vampire priest, and that's really all you need to know. Yep. It's, uh, uh, but it's not a, really a vampire movie. It's a love story. Yes. Moving on. Uh, and by the way, all of these... I think I think I gave Barking Dogs a three and a half only because I couldn't give it a four like some of the other bongs. But everything else in this list is a four or higher for me. Um, starting with Old Boy, Lady Vengeance, Okja, Thirst. And then the next one on there is The Host. I really could have... These next two I could have put in any order. Um, these are, again, two uh, Song Kang-ho movies. Um, I, think he, I think he is the number one. I, I've described him as the Tom Hanks of Korea. Yeah. He is the number one actor there. Uh, um uh, doing these types of roles, uh, like well, Tom Hanks style roles, kind of doing mm. everything. He's not an action star or anything like that. Um, the next one, I could have put these in either order, but The the Host uh, and Memories of Murder, two very different movies, both Bong movies, um, but uh, both excellent at what they're doing. Um, the Host is a monster movie. Monster movie, yeah. Um, it's fantastic, and, and it's, it's again, you have to be on board for wild tone shifts. <laughs> yes. Like, this movie goes from being legit funny mm-hmm. and almost goofy in, in parts to, like, oh, my God, what are you doing? Don't, <laughs> don't, I, I don't want to give anything away. Because, really, like, from here on up, these are ones you, you really should see. Yeah. Uh, if you're, these are, like, yeah, like, top 100 level films. I get no one's going to go through the 50 movies that I watched last year, and I wouldn't expect anyone to, because yeah. it's... I don't know. Yeah, because these uh, next ones aren't like just great Korean films. Right. They're just great fucking films. Right. Uh, so, the host... Uh, the host is probably the most... Out of the, this top... The rest of my top list, the host is the most rewatchable. Mm. Uh, easily. Uh, the next one is Memories of Murder. This is the only one that you're ever going to get a strong argument on for being better than Parasite as far mm. as what's Bong's best movie. Which is why it's surprising that you have at least one other Bong film above it. I know. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Um, and I, it's probably not fair why, but I'll tell you why when I get uh-huh. to the other one. Uh, Memories of Murder is based on a true story. Uh, the closest movie that you've probably seen to it is Zodiac. Yep. Um, yeah, it's Korean Zodiac. It's Korean Zodiac. So if you like the movie Zodiac, which is one, which is another one, kind of like Fargo, mm-hmm. that I rewatched, that I'd only seen once when it first came out, that I rewatched maybe a year ago, and it was like, oh my god, I should have been watching this every yeah, year. Zodiac's this movie is fucking, fucking awesome. Um, that's what Memories of Murder is, right down to the, you're not even sure, in mm-hmm. the end, who did it. Um, and that's not giving anything away. The movie is great. Otherwise, there's lots of... We talked about uh, when we watched it, there's lots of awesome uh, Odai Su drop kicks <laughs> in this movie. Uh, this His preferred style of fighting is, is the drop is kick. The drop kick. Uh, he'll do it in any... He'll do it in a restaurant. <laughs> he'll do it down a hill. Wherever you need him to do it, uh, he will. Um this one is another one that, uh, you know, speaking of, of noirs, 
no one comes out good here. There are no, there. Even the good guys are not good guys in this movie. No, they're the cops are corrupt and not particularly good at their jobs. You know, yep. so but the, the case needs to get solved, whether it's right or wrong. And and they don't even care if it's right. Like yeah. they just because it's so much of it is about credit and uh, like it's very political. Yeah, um, but just a fantastic movie. And like I said, you you will get arguments that that's that this is Bong's best movie. Um, and I I'm I got no problem with that. Yeah. Uh, the next one I have is JSA. I really liked JSA. Yeah, it was surprisingly um, incredibly good. <laughs> uh, JSA is a Joint Security Area. Um, that's another park. Um, this is this. Yeah, this will be uh, my next to last park movie. Um, again, I said it at the time, and it said one of the one of the reviews that really struck me uh, after watching it, and I 100% agree with is I could have watched another hour of the middle of that movie. Oh yeah, easily. It was like because you know it's going to go bad. Yeah. This is about uh, there's a there's an area between North and South Korea. It's the most heavily guarded patch of land uh, in the world. It's the strip between North and South Korea. And there are certain points that are like major checkpoints. And this is one of them. Um, and an incident, it's kind of like a few good men where, mm-hmm. uh, a, 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 some, an incident happens at the beginning that, you know, and then you don't really unravel. And then the movie is kind of unraveling it for you because it's through the investigation that you mm-hmm. find out what happens. And so, you know, it ends with, Shooting and someone getting killed, and or at least one person getting killed that you know of. Do you know that all th- that three people die? I, I, I don't, don't think so in the beginning. I think you just know someone has been killed, and yeah. and like as you're watching it, you're just like, ah, oh, shit, this is gonna go bad, and yeah. you don't want it to happen. Yeah, like you end up liking the characters yes. so much because like, they're not, you know, they're on opposite sides of the war. Whatever. But they're just the dudes. Conflict. But they're just dudes. You know, don't... they don't give a shit yeah. about what the the governments are fighting over. They just want to play cards and fucking listen to music and stuff and yeah. smoke, you know? <laughs> like, and, and you just, because you just have this feeling the whole time, and it's really, it's just, I I wouldn't call it a complaint. It's just kind of a quirk of these movies that they're, they're all 20 minutes too long. Mm-hmm. This is one that felt too short. Like, I could have watched that for another hour oh, yeah. uh, of the, just kind of the middle of that. Um, but just a really good... Um, Call it procedural or, or or what? It's but it's you know just exactly what it, it's it's a few good men, uh, except not court. It's just the investigation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one on there is the highest uh, bong movie that I have on this list, which was Mother. Not not Mother. not exclamation point. Um, and I think the reason that I have this this is the Mother and Memories of Murder are the two most similar. Oh, of they're his like movies. companion pieces. Yeah, and yeah. it's the only time he's he's done that. Um, they're very similar movies. Uh, this is taken from the, the, you know, the memories of murder is taken from the point of view of the police, whereas mother is taken place from the point of view of the alleged killer, uh, and his mother. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a simple, yep. that's a nice way to put it. He's special needs, special needs, he's a low, 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 as we say, um, He's the one, he's, again, kind of like, he is the person that they would have wanted to nail yes. the stuff in Memories of Murder with, is this guy who's not going to put up much of a defense. He's, yeah. He doesn't even really know what you've called him in here for. Comes from a poor family. Dirt poor family. There's no father. The mother is just meek little old woman. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And ma- I think it's, I think it's his second best movie. Um, I can't argue it. Every it's just, it's it is a good. it is a fantastic movie. Everything, every shot. That's the thing that I really, really like about Bong, more so than Park. Every inch of it is intentional. Yeah. Like, and that's not to say that that Park is not a, mm. a, a precise filmmaker. He is, but like Bong's attention to detail is. Next level. Yeah, you can tell uh, he plans his shit. Every out. single shot is planned to the millimeter. It's exactly how long he wants it to be. It's exactly the, the angle. Every everything is. You just feel the whole time. You're like, this is exactly what he wanted. Yeah, I keep meaning to pick up the. It's it's usually found in the graphic novel section, which bugs me because it's not a graphic novel. But they released the script for Parasite alongside the storyboards. Oh, cool. And it's always in the graphic novel section. I'm like, this is not a fucking graphic novel. This is storyboards with the script. And I always mean to keep picking that up because I want to like have it out like while watching the film. Yeah. To see just how much his, his storyboards compare to what he put on the screen. Well, I, I bet be, they're going to match up really fucking well. I will be watching it during Five Star February. Um, nice. This will be the second year in a row for Five Star February. <laughs> I'm going to make it a thing. Uh, so that's when I decided I will rewatch Parasite. Um, I haven't decided yet. I don't think I'm going to. It's, we had the conversation before about because I've got the the black and white 4K. Mm-hmm. It's cool and all, but I'm never gonna fucking watch it. I'm never gonna sit down because I would rather watch it in yeah, color. Yeah, and that's yeah, because it's again, it's like I have the Mad Max in yeah. black and white. Yeah, I haven't watched it. I picked it up because I'm like that's a cool idea, but it's yep. like I don't want to see it that I, way. I did the same with Logan because I've got the Logan in fucking black I and white. I did watch. Too. I did watch. Yeah, my my Logan surprise came with it yeah. uh, when I got the digital. Um. The Parasite, I did watch the Criterion thing about, like, how much goes into making it. It's not just like, okay, make it black and white. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into it. Like, they have to change the lighting in a lot of it, and they got to really mess with it yeah. so that stuff doesn't just get completely washed out. Um, still not going to watch it that way. Uh, number one on my list, and before I get to number one, I will say you will notice maybe that Parasite is not on this list yeah. because it was not a first watch last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Parasite would be number one on this list uh, for me. For me, it is it is now in my top ten, um, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and this it might just be like the the whole what I've been doing this year and stuff, but and I might just be like swooning a little now. No, but, it's still. A but like, I, I, it's it's that would be number one on you know on, There's on a, a lot it's of It's like lists. one of Letterboxd's like it highest is, ranked films. It, like, it, it is not the highest. It right is now. the by the highest right now. Um, number one on my list was Handmaiden. Uh, mm-hmm. This was this was my only five star that's on this list. Everything else was a four and a half. There, that top five. Uh, I gave Handmaiden five stars. That movie's awesome. Yeah, and it's gorgeous. It's fucking perfection. Um, it really is. <laughs> It's hard to eat. Well, I guess it's not too hard to explain, but you kind of don't want to. You just have to. You should just watch it. Yeah, you should just experience it. It's um, it's, watch, a, it's about a woman who is trying to elevate her station in life, starting off as a handmaiden. Really, two women trying to to yeah. elevate mm-hmm. their station in life. Uh, one of them starts off on a higher perch than the other, but they're both kind of after the same thing. Yeah. Um, God, it's just it's it's one of those things that you don't even know what it is. It's like that movie is just great. That yep. is just a great movie. Um, highly recommended. It's also it's one of the more the easier because everyone has Amazon Prime. Yep. You don't have to have uh, yeah. Some see, and that's another, weird... that's an Amazon Studios yeah. film that I own. That a you have a copy of. copy of. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's eventually a Criterion. 
Would they do that? They they could because they also put out. They've got an agreement with Criterion to put out some stuff. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. Um. So the, yeah, I would. If you so if you've got and that's another thing you don't ever have to worry about it leaving. It's always going to be on Amazon Prime. Um, so if you've got Amazon Prime, uh, just go watch the trailer. If the trailer that tells you really all you need to know going in, and and it's better than that. Yeah. Uh, just a great, great, great movie. Um, but yeah, uh, Parasite would have been number one had I watched it first time this year. And then the other one that was a rewatch uh, from one of those two uh, would be Snowpiercer, and that probably. Maybe in front of Barking Dogs. So mm-hmm. it might have bumped Barking Dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not Old Boy or Lady Vengeance or anything. So that was my Just Bong Park uh, list. Uh, do you want to go through your regulars before I go through? Or do you want to stick with the ah, Korean stick, theme? Stick with the Korean theme. All right. My honorable mentions, because I couldn't... This is basically everything. I, pretty much everything I gave a four or better. Mm. Um, the Attorney, the Outlaws, the Good, the Bad, the Weird, <sighs> I gave... Outlaws. Were all... Uh, <laughs> There is a better Outlaws in this list. Um, or if you liked Outlaws, you will like this one mm-hmm. better. Um, the Good, the Bad, the Weird is the, is the Western. Yep, uh, which was very super much fun. Uh, super duper fun. About 20 minutes too long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but it's, it is something that a lot of them aren't, which is bright and colorful. Because a lot of them, well, it's. Korea's a peninsula. There's a lot of fog there. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's not a lot. It's not sunny very often. It's pretty gray. Yeah. So uh, this one takes place, most of it takes place uh, in the desert in China. Mm. So it's... Brown! Right. It's, <laughs> yeah, but it's bright, and there's yeah. lots of blue sky, I guess. Yeah, and the colorful costumes. Yeah. It, it, yes, it's an over-the-top... I think it's kind of maybe this uh, something that you watched this year that I haven't watched yet that is kind of in the vein of this would be uh, uh, The Hard Day Fall. Was that what it's called? Yes. It's God. a... That that was a tough one to keep off my top ten list. It's not a gritty, also about, realistic... Also about 20 minutes too long. Oh, is it? Yeah, there, <laughs> there you there, go. There's like a 20-minute subplot in the middle where you're like, just fucking... Get this, this out of doesn't there. need this to be doesn't there. need to be in here. Um, the good, the bad, the weird is—I don't know if over the top is the way to put it. How do you put? It? It's not. It's not it's supposed hei- to be like. It's heightened. Yeah, it's not supposed to be like hyper realistic. They're all wearing yeah. ridiculous. They've got perfect hair. Yeah. <laughs> you know, especially uh, Lee Byung Yoon. <laughs> oh, yeah. His hair is of course, just of course he does just immaculate. <laughs> uh, and and it's, but it's fun. It's a it's a blast. Uh, but again, it's like twenty minutes too long. Um, number ten was Age of Shadows. There's a bunch of them that are kind of that are similar. On my shelf still. Yes, you have that Blu-ray, and that's the only way that movie is available. So weird. It's so weird. You can't buy it or rent it streaming, Uh, and I've never seen it streaming anywhere. Um, It's a Japanese occupation. These next two are kind of similar in that vein. Uh, Both take place during the Japanese occupation, which was like 1910 until the end of World War II. Song Kang-ho again. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one is part of a sort of, it's kind of a loose trilogy that this guy made. Uh, the Unjust was one of them, the the one that was kind of like Lethal Weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of makes, they're all kind of similar. He makes like action movie, like sort of like the Lethal Weapon, that sort of popcorn action type movie. Uh, and that's Assassination. Um, this was my favorite of his that I watched oh. this year. Uh, the other two being The Unjust and The Thieves. The Thieves was a great time. Uh, totally worth watching. It's a... Uh, it's Ocean's Eleven, but once again, further on either end. Mm-hmm. It is... It has... It goes from, like, uh, Ocean's Eleven to Heat. 
in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, wait, I thought we were having fun here. Why is everyone <laughs> dying? Uh, but it's great. That's on my rewatch list also. All of these ones that I'm going to name in this list are obviously on my rewatch list for the year. Um, the next one is what all you'll see on the top of a lot of best Korean action movie uh, list, and that's The Man from Nowhere. Mm -hmm. Terrific, terrific. Uh, uh, this is a very... Uh, so many of them are uh, tough, quiet, reserved, super action guy, and his only friend is a ten-year-old girl. Yeah, <laughs> which sounds weird, <laughs> but like that is a very familiar trope because he's always—they're always trying to rescue some. Something happens to the girl every time. So this is a, a guy who has a mysterious past. Of course, uh, turns out he's a fucking super weapon. Um, just trying to live a quiet life until someone fucks with him and takes his friend. The only person that talks yep. to him is the little girl that lives next door. Um, it's a, and that's really all you need to know. And it's just a blast. It's, well, it's like, it's kind of like John Wick, I guess. Yeah. Um, really good time. I Saw the Devil is the next one. <laughs> really good time. Really good time. Uh, Colin inadvertently saw the beginning of that trailer the other night because I was just because it auto plays when you're flipping through stuff on yeah. on Amazon and we were looking at trailers and that was you know it still sits hey you might like this movie you know and I was just kind of flipping down through and of course it's, it starts with the murder yeah. <laughs> and uh, the long and the short I saw the devil is another one that uh, if you've seen a Korean if you've heard of a Korean movie this is probably yeah, a, in this that, vein that one was like highly recommended the yeah that came out too. Um, Serial killer, same guy. Choi had the guy from Old Boy. Yes, yeah. Choi Min Seek is the serial killer, uh, as you said, uh, from Old Boy, uh, and also I guess nothing else on that side, huh? Huh. Okay. Um, and he's a serial killer, and he he makes the mistake of serial killing mm -hmm. the fiance of basically, I guess, an FBI agent. Yeah. I guess is the way he would what he would be. He was not a local cop. He's a fed. Um, he's a suit, and that's um, the aforementioned uh, nicely quaffed from Good, Bad, Weird, Lee Byung-hoon, uh, who was also, he's the he's probably the only Korean actor that you would have seen in other stuff, because he was um, Storm Shadow, yeah. and he was in Magnificent Seven with Chris Pratt and that's Denzel, right, he was yeah. the knife guy. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know why I did the knife throwing motion, <laughs> but I did. Um, and he, it's, it's an interesting movie, because he it's pretty quickly resolved who the killer is and he's caught. Yeah. The weird stuff happens after that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's not, is it spoiling it to say what it? No, I mean, it's, it's very much like the show Dexter. Yeah. Except, except he's, a, it's way more cat and mouse once yeah. the cat has the mouse trapped. Yeah. And then lets him go to catch him again, lets him go to catch yeah. him again. And fucks with him. Yeah. And hardcore. fucks him up. Yeah. Like, fucks him up several times. And, yeah. like, yeah. So he basically, instead of bringing this guy in, he tortures him for, like, a year. Yeah, it's not... Yeah, he doesn't, like, just catch him and bring him to justice. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's none of that. He's he's almost, you might wonder... Like, there's some similarities between the killer and the cop. Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's why I think that's kind of the whole point yeah. of the movie is that, like, how are these guys different at this point? Yeah. Um, you're still rooting for... Yeah. The fucking up and the torturing. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's an excellent, excellent movie. The next one is another one that I cannot wait to rewatch for several, several reasons. Um, it's the one probably on this list that, oh, I think it def yeah, definitely, that I cannot stop thinking about mm -hmm. is The Wailing. Um, 
it's this low on my list because once again, I did not like it. <laughs> but the more I think about it, uh, again, it's the one that I think about the most that I keep coming back to. It's it's very clearly a wonderful movie. Like mm. as far as the way it's shot, the, yeah. how tight the script is, and this is another one that this is the longest of the of the ones I've watched, and it's probably not twenty minutes too long. Yeah. It probably needs to be exactly the length it is. It's like two hours and 40 minutes long. Yeah, it picks a lot, packs a lot in there. Yes, there's a lot to it. Um, it almost, I maybe I shouldn't say this, it almost might have been a better limited series. Like a six. It, it would make like a, a great. Six like, hour. Yeah, that would make a great miniseries. Because it's a slow burn, and that's kind of what the, the dread building is. So one of the things that I th- surprised the Americans didn't do a remake in a TV show, honestly. Yeah, really. Um, one of the things, and I think I've talked about this before. I don't know if maybe it was a lost episode. Uh, one of the things about the whaling that I'm I'm excited about going back to is it again was one of the first ones I watched. So I think the uncomfort the uncom the comfort level was not where it is now. Uh, as far as everything we've talked about that is kind of different about Korean movies, just the culture alone. Um, not to mention the two leads of The Wailing. That was my first movie for both of them, and both have gone on to probably be, Song Kang Ho aside, my two favorite mm-hmm. Korean actors. Uh, I've really, really enjoyed them in everything that they've been, that they've been in uh since then, and you're, they're going to come back a couple times on this list. The next two also kind of go together, and I watch them very close together, so they're kind of melding together in my head. Mm-hmm. The Man Standing Next and The Spy Gone North. Uh, Man Standing Next is a 2020 movie. Uh, I think both of these were South Korea's submission to the Oscars for yeah. Best Foreign. I don't think either of them, and but neither of them were chosen. Yeah. Um, but they, So they're both, like, really good movies. Uh, they're both... Pretty available. Man Standing Next is the one that I was telling you that it, there is a version of it on YouTube. That's where I watched it, and it's a perfect. It's been there since August, so and, but mm-hmm. it's not official. So I don't know how long it'll be there, but it's yeah. there now, and it's totally worth watching. Um, or no, that's Spy Gone North. Uh, Man Standing Next is, is pretty available on your... Uh, like, I think it's free on Voodoo. I think it's probably on Tubi and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, both of them take place. Uh, Man Standing Next is about, uh, there was a military coup in the 70s and then that, or in the 60s, and then that president uh, was assassinated in like 1979, 1980. That's what this movie is about, is the lead up to his, uh, because the cop from The Wailing, uh, Quack Dewan, uh, the the bumbling idiot cop from the whaling who mm-hmm. just sucks at his job <laughs> uh, is a he used to be the head of the Korean CIA and he goes to Washington DC and uh, testifies in front of Congress about all the shady shit that the president was up to so now the president wants him dead and the whole thing is our boy uh, Lee Byung Yoon with the great hair from uh, Good the Bad the Weird uh, is <laughs> the hair is shows the, up in everything is the now uh, head of that and he has to kind of resolve this situation because the other guy has written this book and it's very damning and, and all that stuff terrific terrific movie if you like stuff like uh, uh, like the what did I just watch the, the Tom Hanks one that I just watched Bridge of Spies or Bridge of whatever the fuck it was called stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, this is right up your alley um spy gone north i have that above it because it was 
Um, these both feel very Spielbergy, I guess. These would be Spielbergy oh. type. Yeah. Uh, Spielberg would make these were he Korean. Um, Spygone North is just that. He's a South Korean uh, who goes uh, to spy on the North as a Korean businessman. It's one of those deals where, like, hey, me and one other guy know who you are. So. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Which, yeah, as we say, know? nothing bad ever comes. Because they, I mean, they go through this whole year-long thing of ruining his life so that he will have good cover. Yeah. Um, so he's kind of boned, and that's the guy. He was the shaman from the Wailing. Okay. Is the the spy? He is the spy gone north. Um, excellent, excellent movie. The next one is a taxi driver. We have another uh, oh, Song that. Kang Ho. Love that movie. Colin watched that with me. He watched <laughs> the whole thing. It was so weird because he would never watch something like that. Once again, uh, and again, like we've talked about this before, a lot of movies in, in American movies are about World War II and Vietnam and stuff like that, centered around large cultural things. This again is around that 1980, around the time of the assassination from a man, the man standing next. Uh, the movie A Taxi Driver takes place, and that is when they had the the riots uh, mm-hmm. down in south, yeah. southern South Which Korea. Which we actually both learned quite a bit about we Korean did. history while yeah. after watching that. Um, just a really good... It's it's also based on a true story, and I guess most of it is, uh, other than like the, there's kind of an action car chase at the end, which I thought was completely unnecessary. Yeah. Um, Got a little Italian jobby at the end. It did get very Italian jobby at the end. That's the only part of the movie that isn't true, and it was fucking completely unnecessary. Other than that, that is a five-star movie. Um, the next one is what I was talking about when I said uh, it's The Outlaws, but better, and that's New World. The only... You can take this as a downside, but I would take it as a, a point in its favor. This is the one that's half Godfather, and the, the first half is The Godfather, and the second half is The Departed. <laughs> that is not an insult. No. Uh, this movie is terrific. Um, this in this one, the uh, the shaman from the whaling and the spy from the spy gone north is the uh, not the Jack Nicholson character, but he would be the young hothead yeah. that would work for Jack Nicholson, I guess, or that would take over for Jack Nicholson if Jack <laughs> Nicholson were to be killed. Because <laughs> that's what this is. This movie starts with the mob boss, mm-hmm. the mob boss being killed, and then it's kind of a fight for power. Yeah. Um, the uh, the star of Squid Game. Is Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay. Old boy is Martin Sheen. Ah. So, and I think, I think this is his best role, is, yeah. is New World. There we go. And he doesn't really do much, because he's usually, usually the only time you see him in the whole movie, he's meeting one of the people, because he's the head of this, yeah. uh, this department, this, uh, task force or whatever in the police. So he's like got all this power because mm-hmm. like, hey, motherfucker, I'm the only person that knows you're a cop. Yep. You know, and he, he's not a great guy. <laughs> he just wants his results. Which is you want from a he guy doesn't care. that you have to put ultimate trust in. And yeah, because like all, to him, all, all of his people are expendable. And yeah. like, so uh, I, I think it's his best role. It's my, or it's my favorite role of his uh, so far. Uh, number one on the list is, is kind of chalky. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I couldn't not. Uh, it's Train to Busan. Train to Busan is everything that you hope that it is. Yeah. If you watch the trailer and you think, that looks like something I would enjoy, yep. you will. Because yes, that movie will. is fucking awesome. Yep. Uh, it 
And I'm hoping makes... all the talks of the American remake will just oh, get God. more people to go watch that instead. Yeah. Uh, I, will, I will still watch the American remake, but it, only so I can make the comparisons. It makes all other, certainly modern zombie movies, pale mm-hmm. uh, in comparison. I don't know. What else would you even compare it to? I don't know if I would compare it to anything. It's, it's, re- it's a really good zombie movie. Yep. Um, because, I mean, it's got, like, the fast zombies from, like, World War Z. Yeah. Only done more convincingly. Yeah. It's, the, and it's it's got the heart more than anything. Because yes. this is the first thing I saw Don Lee in where I'm like, where I'm like that guy's fucking awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Yeah, because this is, I, I'm pretty sure this was the first time I ever saw Don Lee. And he's my favorite part of the fucking film. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just got a lot of heart. It will emotionally wreck you. Yeah. You know, but again, the action sequences are good. There are some very scary, tense scenes in it. Um, but not, not, uh, as someone who doesn't like horror movies, yeah. there was, there was nothing in this movie that is making, like watching the, the, yeah. what's the, what's the movie we talked about earlier that I saw the trailer for the taking of, oh, Deborah Logan. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> I I just watched this like when it does the thing where she's in the kitchen, she's standing on the fucking counter. Nope. Oh, dude. Tom is out. <laughs> the ending or, of that film would would haunt you. Or when like they're they're she's they put the they turn the light over on her and she's standing next to the window. She's like, "You're letting out all my heat." Like, <laughs> fuck you, grandma. I am out. There's nothing like that in Train to Busan. Um, it's the scares are. Fun, I guess. I yeah, but I mean, like the um, like when they're crawling through like the luggage part, yeah. and, and everything's dark, and you know they've got a time limit. It's like that is some great horror, yeah, right there. Without yeah, without you know twisting the knife in you. This yeah. is that's just that is you know perfect tension building right there. Yeah. So uh, really, I, and there's a lot of uh, just looking back at it. There's a there's a wide variety of genre on oh, here. Yeah. There's definitely going to be some additions to my this year's June in the Park because mm. I again I want to make that a regular thing because yeah. it's it's you know it's an excuse to just watch Korean cinema. Yeah, um, and I have about twenty on my rewatch list, and my I didn't get to like half of the shit I put on my list. There is on my regular haven't seen yet watch list. There's right now I think there's seventy one. Oh, and by then there'll be like ten new movies. Yeah, from like yeah. There's a couple that I've that, that are just not streaming anywhere yet yeah. that are that I want to watch. And there's a a couple actual sequels of stuff that we did that one of them you watched. What was it? Oh, oh, the Outlaws is another. Yeah. There's a another. I don't, but I don't know what they're gonna do, but. I guess just carry on with the same character. I don't know. Yeah, but what situation do you put him in now? Right, exactly. That's that's it, it's a that's a bizarre. Does he one to somehow make. find himself in that much shit again? Because <laughs> yeah, like, like dude, learn your lesson. I don't believe you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I it's it's an odd one to have a sequel, but it's got one coming. I don't know. Maybe it's just going to be. I don't know. I don't, who knows? Um, maybe, maybe he's the straight man in this one. Yes, I don't know. Um, yeah, as far as just absolute must watches, Train to Busan. I think I think New World, um, The Wailing. I saw The Devil. I, I really, you you cannot go wrong with any of the ones on this list. Mm-hmm. Uh, your regular movie list. All right, uh, number ten from my Hanks giving watch. We've got the the Wall-E version with Tom Hanks. And that's oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, again, stunned at how much I liked that. I had. I expected nothing from that film. I didn't even know it existed until like a week before it came out. 
Uh, but it just it hits on that the stuff that I love from like Fallout. It's just it's Hanks being fucking Hanks for two hours, and it works. You know, you you don't really see many other humans in this film. Post-apocalyptic castaway. Yeah. Uh, number nine. It's probably one that I love, but I don't know if I'll watch it again. Uh, that's Don't Look Up. Yeah, I won't. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. But it's like, again, I don't need to beat myself over the head with that message. Yeah, it, there's an underlying, uh, it makes me angry to watch it. Yeah. Um, and I also... It's, I, especially right now, because it's just a little too fucking close. Uh, yeah, right? Um, I rewatch. It's funny, because I rewatch The Big Short every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, for the foreseeable future, I will. I love that movie. I find yeah. it so watchable. I will never watch Vice again, mm-hmm. even though I liked it. Yep. And I will probably never watch this again. Yeah, exactly. Even though I liked it. Yep. Same thing. Also, uh, maybe the best Chalamet. Uh, Chalamet <laughs> had himself a year, man. Uh, uh, one of the best endings, though. God, it, it, it knew how to end yes. that film incredibly yeah, it's well. A, it's a good movie. Yeah. I, I'm yeah, just I, not going to watch I, it again. Yeah, all the people that are fucking hating on it, you can pretty much guess which end yes. of the political spectrum they're falling on. Yes. Um... Number eight, uh, the most, again, I still haven't watched Moonrise Kingdom, but this is still, the, for me, the most Wes Anderson of all Wes Anderson films. Also got some peak Chalamet in this. Um, and that's the first is he? dispatch. Oh, yeah. I guess I didn't know he's he was in great it. in it. He's really good in it. I don't even know if I've watched a trailer for it. Um, it's that, one of those ones you don't feel like you need to watch a trailer for. Yeah, it's Wes Anderson. I'm going to watch it. Uh, after that, it's, uh, I guess, the return for me of Paul Verhoeven, someone who had such. A hit on our early lives with right. RoboCop and fucking Total Recall and Showgirls and <laughs> can't forget Showgirls uh, and that's uh, Benedetta, which is his uh, sexy, trashy nunsploitation film huh. about a cloister of nuns in Italy as the the Black Plague is breaking out, and it's actually a very political film because it's like you know nuns have their hierarchy in their little convent. And it's about one having uh, some ambition to move up the ranks. And the way she moves up the ranks aren't maybe legit. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. It's up for you to decide um, how spiritual this woman actually is. Uh, Just incredibly well done. Beautiful film to look at. Um, Yeah. It's it, it's what you would expect current, from Verhoeven. It's it's erotic and it makes you question some shit. And my current favorite erotic nun film is Doubt. Is it better than Doubt? A lot sexier than Doubt. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not better. Doubt's pretty good. No, it's not better than Doubt. Doubt's pretty good. Uh, my number six is another one that just came out of nowhere. And if you told me of all the Lin Manuel Miranda films that I would have liked this year, this one would be the top. Uh, that's Tick Tick Boom. Which I, is still on my list. I still have not watched it. Uh, Andrew Garfield is fucking magnificent in it. Who knew he could sing the way he can sing? He's going to get nominated. Oh, it'll right? get nominated. He'll get nominated. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it's about... Uh, I'm forgetting his fucking name. Um, but it's the guy who created Rent. This was okay. this was one of his early works. Um, before he came up with Rent. Um, <laughs> before he came up with the yeah, Rent. It's got Bradley Whitford Sorry. as Stephen Sondheim. You know, which was tragically, you know, passed away like a month after this film came out. Right. Uh, but watching Bradley Whitford as him is fucking phenomenal. Um, as is watching Bradley Whitford be anything. Yeah. 
Oh my god, Jacksonville's winning. Whoa. Oh my god, I hope they win this game. <laughs> if they win this, there's a chance Indy doesn't make the playoffs if they win this, in this game. They're not going to. They're uh, terrible. Yeah, they'll find a way. <clears throat> uh, number five, it's one you wanted to talk about, and that's Green Knight. Green Knight was very cool. Very cool. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> um, I, I do understand uh, this is another example of uh, people didn't know what they were watching. Yeah. Didn't, no, didn't know what they were getting into. Yeah, if you expect this been. to be like a king, yeah, because it's based on a fucking very old tale that hasn't changed much in this. But you should have known what type of movie you were watching just by the. Yeah, but I think maybe you're expecting a little more sword fighting, a little more roundtable shit. But it's not. There's some. I mean, look who's in it, and look who's making it. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, th- this is add two plus two, man. Yeah, this this isn't Guy Ritchie making no. this. Uh, this is an art house film. Michael Bay, <laughs> Michael Bay's King Arthur. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's just a gorgeous, what probably the prettiest film to look at all year long. Agreed. Um, after that, it's a film that will possibly be the second prettiest film to look at all year long, and that's Nightmare Alley. Yeah, I, um, that's that. Uh, that's going to be a bit, isn't it? For it's on. Most likely, it'll probably be around March. Super, uh, but it's it's so fucking it's it's really really good. It's the most grounded of all Guillermo del Toro films. Uh, and there's no like magical realism like you see in a lot of his stuff. It's very similar to the actual to the original film. Um, you know, guy who working in a freak show kind of. It's a film noir. Starts, you know, shoot uh, punching above his weight, getting a little more powerful than he probably should be. And gets brought down in exactly the way you would expect him to be brought down. Uh, and a great last, like, final scene. That's what I hear. Um, number three, Licorice Pizza. Um, like we said last week, it's the fucking hangout film of all hangout films. There is not much of a plot to it. Uh, Alana Ham is fucking phenomenal. Know what you're getting. Yeah. It is. You're getting PTA. Yeah, it's a Paul Thomas Anderson. It's probably his most fun film. Oh, fake punt. I mean, that fails. wouldn't take much, in fairness. No, because a lot of his films, that's the thing, like, I kept waiting for the sucker punch Yeah. of that film. It's like, things are going a little too well. Something terrible, awful is going to happen. You know? I do have uh, maybe a uh, runner-up to his cheeriest. Uh, his second uh, most upbeat is on my list this year for a rewatch, because I've never seen it more than once, which is There Will Be Blood. <laughs> Super cheerful. Yes. Can't wait to... Share some laughs with Daniel Plainview. What a guy. Uh, Number two is another one you wanted to talk about. Uh, That one is Power of the Dog. It's a very subtle film that it demands a rewatching. Because it's it's much like um, There Will Be Blood. It's kind of about a power struggle between a few people. Uh, the, the, the plot of the story is you've got a bunch of ranchers out in, I think it's Montana. Um, I hear it's Benedict Cumberbatch's Batch's best accent He's work. so fucking good in it. Yes. Because his accents are spotty. He's, yeah, he's, he doesn't sound like House in this one. <laughs> um, he plays like the lead guy on this ranch. Um, Real but he, charming fella. Yeah, but he's, he, he's mean. He's vicious and mean. Um, but he's also extremely well-educated. Like, they are a wealthy family. Mm. So it is not like, you know, came from dirt. Like, he was, like, Harvard-educated, I think, in this. Uh, and his, But he's not the fancy pants his brother is. 
His brother is played by, you know, Fat Matt Damon. Fat Damon. <laughs> um, and I didn't know until the promotion of this movie that he was married to Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. Yeah, and he, he is married to her in the film. Uh, so she... Uh, moves into the, moves into Fat their Matt ranch with Damon. them. <laughs> um, uh, with her son, Cody Smith McPhee, who is about <laughs> the fanciest boy you'll ever meet. Yeah. Um, who does not belong on this ranch at all, but he's trying really hard to be. Um, and it start you you start to see a conflict between him and Benedict Cumberbatch's character. Um, I will not spoil where it goes from there. I okay, so I've I've. You're not the first person to say, like, that there's a, th- a thing. Um, would you call it a twist? Oh, or, yes. Or a whatever. Well, it's not, My... like a, it's not like... It's not like a well-showcased twist. I have but a like, guess the, the as more, to what it the is. The more you think about it, you're like, oh, oh, fuck. I have a guess as to what it is, but I don't... But I don't want to say it in case it's true. Yeah. So uh, I'll, like, I'll I'll be honest and say whether or not I, I as I watched the it. film and this is coming from nothing yeah. seeing nothing but the trailer as I watched the film I was like oh I don't get it's good but I don't get why everyone is so fucking in love with this movie yeah I'm like it's three and a half four it's really good it's Jane Campion it's you know it's top notch people doing top notch work it's right. another beautiful film to look at but then as the ending starts to unfold you're just like oh. Oh, oh, holy shit. <laughs> uh, and it's one of those where it's like, yeah, it demands a second viewing because you're like, okay, I think they, that's what that scene was about now. Ah, uh, it, you know, it was one thing on the surface. It's another completely different thing underneath. Um, but so good. And then my surprise number one, which even fucking surprised me that it's my number one film. And that's Pig. Yeah. Um, Robin watched the trailer last night. I think she's in. Especially because it looks like it's taken, but with a pig. Right. It is not. Right. Um, it is so much more than that. Because it's not a... Re- I mean, yeah, he's out to get his pig back. Right. But he's not a violent man. Right. Um, but again, it's just... he. This was essentially, imagine while Bourdain was still alive, what would happen if Anthony Bourdain had just disappeared off the map? For like fifteen fucking years. Yeah, um, he his character and was out in the woods of Oregon. Yeah, looking for truffles. Yeah, exactly. His character, you will find out why that happened, but just fucking stopped being like the biggest name chef on the planet. Yeah, you know this is you know fucking Bobby Flay disappearing type of thing, but only more well respected than Bobby Flay. <laughs> um, Guy Fieri. Yes, Guy Fieri. Who stops? Stop going to di- drive-ins and diners. Who gets a lot of shit, but I guess is an amazing he, he person. Is. He's he an is. amazing he person. He and does he did incredible so much over the past words. few years yeah. to keep like restaurant people afloat. So you can pick on his hair, yeah, you and can, his you attitude, can, yeah. You can say, his, "Dude, he's the guy from Smash Mouth," and his personality. But, yeah. but he is a terrific human being. Yeah. Okay, carry on. Um, who just basically lost his love for cooking, and then. During this, he meets some other people, and I, I can't get into it more than that. Um, you know, it's also got um, the kid from Hereditary in it, who guys, who's like his truffle dealer. <laughs> but he's a guy, he's a kid whose father is a famous restaurateur, played by um, Adam Arkin, yeah. who is just completely overshadowed by, his fa- overshadowed by his father. His father is not a good person. 
not trying to help his son succeed. If anything, probably trying to push his, making his son fail with the shit he does. So you start to, you know, he plays this, when you first meet the kid, he's like too cool for school, but you realize why he's got that act going. Um, and also it's got one of the best bonus features on the Blu-ray of anything I'll ever want. It's got my, uh, Mark Shirazada, I can never remember how to fucking pronounce him, but a world famous chef trying to teach Nick, Nicolas Cage how to cook a mushroom tart. Nice. And it's fucking phenomenal because like Nick Cage is like really getting arty into it. It's like, oh yeah, you really get the eroticism of cooking. And, and the guy's like, yep. Now, no, no, just now, put pepper on it. Watch your fingers. <laughs> yeah, don't cut your damn well, thumb that's the off. Well, because he's like trying to chop his fingers, like like chop his fingers, trying to chop mushrooms with his fingers full yet, which yeah, that's you a no-no. Do. You curl your fingers other. Right. And he keeps going, nope, nope, curl, curl more. And like Nick Cage is still trying to like expand and the guy's like, pay, pay the fuck attention to what you're doing, that Nick. knife is fucking sharp, dude. Yeah, you're, you're, you're going to lose your fucking fingers here. You may lose your finger, but it ain't going to be on my watch. Yeah, <laughs> so then it's like... He's like, okay, well, we've chopped a couple mushrooms. Do you want me to go you to show you how to what to do with these? He's like, no, I'm going to chop all these mushrooms first. He's like, okay, I'm going to keep watching you for a while. <laughs> but I'm like, I need to make this fucking mushroom tart because it sounds fucking amazing. <laughs> but it's like one of those things where he like cooked in the film. He yeah. made this thing in the film. Uh, it's definitely like got a love of cooking. Throughout. Yeah. And as someone who like adores cooking things, I get that aspect to it. I'm not fully blown into the eroticism that Nick Cage is into in the special feature. But it's Nick Cage. But I understand, you know, people who truly love cooking, I understand. And this film is about them. Yeah. Um, and, but it's just got a lot of heart to it. Uh, very sad film at times. Very uplifting film at other times. Um, yeah. Like, like Minari. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I, I went into this film thinking, you know, this is going to be a fun Nick Cage film. You know, this is one of the ones he does that's good. Yeah. Um, I did not think it was going to be as taken as the trailer. The trailer doesn't sell it for what it is, which is probably what it needed to do in order to get people there. Yeah. But yeah, it's shockingly my favorite regular film of the year. And you can watch it right now. It's on Hulu. Is it? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. I highly recommend watching it. You and Robin should definitely sit down and watch it. Um, uh, it's I was so good. It's also beautiful to look at. Yeah. Um, I because I I when I saw that it was on Hulu. Um, I went on to put it on the list, and she was like, "All right, let's well, yeah. let's watch a trailer." And then there's like, "Oh, this scene! This scene reminds me of Winter's Bone. Oh, this scene reminds me of Fight Club." Um, Winter's Bone's also on my. I'm gonna maybe I'll make a cheery. Uh, that's part of my rewatch list too. Maybe I'll I'll watch that with all my, all right in a row. My favorite films aren't cheery. Yeah, I love a I love kind of a downer ending. I just I can't help it. I do. Winter's Bone's pretty good, though. That's yeah. another. I've only seen it once, so I, I have to rewatch it. Mm. Oh, I've seen that film a couple but. times. That was one of mine, like, rewatch every few years. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Love my peeps. Uh. But yeah, that's my top ten list. <laughs> They're poor and awful? Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dale Dickey, get out of this life. Uh, <laughs> Go back to being a daytime hooker. <laughs> 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 Uh, we're already 2.20 in, so we'll go over goals for 2022 next week. Yeah. Um, until then, we'll... Yeah, we're going to have good stuff lined up for uh, for months if we do these yeah. these director things. And uh, we do another June in the Park and stuff like that, yeah. which will be a lot of rewatches. But, uh, yeah, so we'll talk about that. We'll do that. We'll we'll go on. We'll do our personal goals, and then we'll do our uh, what we're going to try to do show goal. Wise, as far as like what we're we'll make for our theme months. Mm -hmm. All right, sounds good.